welcome to episode 130 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans' topic-specific podcast that goes on every week. I'm Mike Solosi, I'm your host from today, and we have five, including me, Retro Encounter panelists here for our the very first episode of Zelda Month. So let's introduce them in reverse alphabetical order, because why not? Starting with Peter Treisenberg. Oh, oh putting me on the spot here. Uh, I'm I'm Peter Treisenberg. Uh, I have Fury on the boards and on Twitter, and uh, yeah, da 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 da. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Come on, man. You have only been on. Okay, let me see. One, two, three. Carry the two, four, five. You've been you've been on literally more than fifty of these. So come on. You don't, okay, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. You don't need to get you don't need to get to be fussy about that. And joining Peter and I is Steph Sabidlo. You can call me the Stiff Meister. No. Uh, oh, that was a terrible entrance. Anyways, you can find me as Dice SMS on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. Okay, we, usually save that for the, we usually save that for the end, but I mean, that, that's very proactive of you, Steph. I, oh, I, like I, I don't I know. It. I heard I have Fury, and I was just like, okay, I guess we're doing that now. <laughs> but, yeah, might as well. I'm just throwing everybody off today. I apologize. No, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> Peter is our um, news editor at RPG Fan, and Steph is our social media mistress. And joining the three of us, we have two reviews editors, Start, and the first of whom is Rob Rogan. Hey, hey. Um, I don't have anything witty to say as an intro. Um, thanks for having me. The tone of your, your dulcet tones are witty enough. Yeah, you got the best radio-ready <laughs> voice of the five of us, Rob. And um, uh, <laughs> this is the first time you and I have spoken, Roro. Is, I, I probably shouldn't call you Roro. I apologize. I've only been privately calling you that for a year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, you're not uh, the first. You're yeah, not the you, first. it's all good. Uh, you were on a on a podcast episode on a retro episode a few months ago, Rob, um, talking about Undertale with Chris and Dom. But this is the first time we've been on an episode together, which I cannot say of our final panelist, Nathan Lee. Hey, I went on Smashing on the boards and Smashing Twice on Twitter. <laughs> All right, yeah, Nathan, you and I talked about Monster Hunter um, a month, a few months ago, and I have basically been talking about non Monster Hunter nonstop since. So nothing has changed between us. Nope, nothing. Yep. <laughs> okay, well, well, I was gonna do my top fifteen monsters, right? Or well, okay, I'll, I'll compromise and make it a top thirty. But anyway, um, that's for a future episode, probably not. Uh, we the current episode, as I mentioned probably 15 minutes ago, is um, the first of Legend of Zelda month here at Retro Encounter. And in the spirit of our favorite Final Fantasy episode and favorite Pokemon Generations episode from last year, we are going to try and discuss the entire Zelda series and then nail down a favorite Legend of Zelda game official for this podcast. Did somebody actually pick Zelda 2 in their lot? No, nobody voted for Zelda 2, but that's a spoiler, right. that's a spoiler Steph, and people are very sensitive <laughs> about spoilers. get that out of the way. We will get there, we will get there, but, um, okay, yeah, spo- <laughs> spoiler alert, I don't, nobody voted for Zelda 2, so I apologize. Like, we, we probably could devote an entire episode to Zelda 2, but the problem is, is that one of us would have to play Zelda 2. If somebody oh, put CDI, they were immediately expelled from the podcast, so... This, this, this podcast, yes, yeah, um, this podcast was six met people, but one person voted for, uh... Um, I think the Wand of Ganelon, so they were banned forever. I won't say who it is. but We did like the old Roman <laughs> style. We just like got rid of their name from the site, took all of their articles down and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. We kicked it down the well 300 style. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is retro! Okay, um, I'll, I'll stop. I, the fewer Frank Miller epi- uh, references in this podcast, the better. Yeah, it's probably the best. But um, this is similar to the Final Fantasy episode from last year, where before the podcast began, I had all five of us um, basically vote on their favorite uh, Zelda game. Each person gave me um, five games, including, and I added my own five to the list. And based on those votes, I cre- oh, we collected a final four. And at the end of this podcast, we're going to vote between those four for our favorite Legend of Zelda game. But before we do that, we're going to go over the rest of the series, basically eliminating them from a list of 19 down to 4, and then discussing those four in greater detail. Uh, so everyone understands the format, which probably is too involved for be- this podcast being what it is. Not at all, but I look forward to much controversy. <laughs> I have some bones to pick, let's say. Like, I, I got, like, I'm going to just... I'm holding You're a moblin arm friends, like a baseball like... bat right now. Yeah, All but right, Peter and I pleasure, have everybody. Yeah, Peter <laughs> and I have ended our friendship and then reignited it at least twice over the course of this podcast <laughs> history for you know based on episodes where you vote on things. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but slow it down. We're going to go uh, over the 15 Zelda games that are not finalists in our little exercise. Uh, I'll just throw three of them out there right now. Um, Four Swords Adventures, Four Swords, and Link's Crossbow Training are not going to be discussed. (laughs) Fair enough. I do like Crossbow Training. That game just felt nice. It's a nice little tech demo for the Wii, but uh, no one voted for it. No one voted for any of those three. That's fine. Four Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures are pretty fun, but uh, they were pretty (laughs) good. You had had to get a lot of external peripherals to get those games to work properly. Well, it for... was so annoying. For four Nintendo swords, had definitely. the original selfie with the stupid uh, Game Boy camera thing. <laughs> but it was such a pain in the butt to use. There were a bunch of interesting implementations of that uh, of that Game Boy Advance connection to a GameCube, the best of which being Pac-Man Versus, and I will accept no arguments to the contrary. But, no, you're uh, right. But, but, but like, basing yeah. an entire game off of it was a little challenging, and games like Four Swords Adventures and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles were cool, but not, you know... Great. Um, Rob, did you play any um, any of these three that we're not going to talk about much? <laughs> I, I did not, actually. Um, I think yeah, I have they're not really a big loss, I guess, right? <laughs> no, I think, um, I, think I'm, I think I may have downloaded it on my 3DS when it was free some weekends or something like that. A years ago. <laughs> you right. played for like 15 minutes, <laughs> like, that's all right. I think I'm you hungry. Can, you can probably beat the the four swords in fifteen minutes. I don't know. It was it was a uh, a small sure. side game with a multiplayer focus that came with the GBA version of A Link to the Past, which spoiler alert we'll talk about eventually. But uh, uh, yeah, none of those three um, got a single vote from us, so they are being cut from the list. And also, I guess it goes without saying, the Satellaview BS Zelda games and the Philips CDI Zelda Trio are not even going to be discussed. Like. <laughs> They don't even count. So that's another six gone, I guess. Or I don't remember how many Satellaview Zelda games there were. But so we're I going think over... there were three. Yeah, so. you strike them from history books. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, what was Satellaview? Wasn't it like some weird Japanese Super Nintendo internet thing? I don't know. Rumor, I... Yeah. rumor has it is that people who worked on that game don't even tell anybody they worked on that game. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you know, well. It's so detrimental. Yeah, I, I I don't even know what that game, what those what those games are. I, I've seen um, videos on YouTube and they aren't exactly impressive. So they make yeah. me ill to watch. What? I think one of them was literally just a link to the past. Oh yeah, like, it was. Really? Called, yeah, no, it was called BS Zelda or Zelda BS. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. I've seen those weird ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Broad, broadcast satellite, but That's I mean, what it's it was. still like. 
and it, it's, it was it was a satellite program. They would transmit to a, a special receiver, and it was only available during a certain part of the day. Yes, Satellaview um, was the name of that of that receiver. Mm-hmm. And um, why would they make that so difficult? I don't some know. of that, some some of these games actually had like voice acting, like broadcasted over the radio. So like you'd be playing Zelda, and someone would be narrating the dialogue, but only within the hour that you were playing the game. That's a terrible idea. It's well, so I, weird. I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> kind of cool. Did they want kinda anyone cool. to play this? <laughs> Early internet got real weird. I think is the uh, is the verdict with the the Satellaview Zelda games. But we're not talking about those. Um, I'm going to throw out another group of three Zelda games that did God. not get any votes from the five of us. Um, and I, I don't. I'm not that surprised because there's a lot of good Zelda games. Three handheld ones: the Minish Cap. Oracle, oh. of, Oracle of Ages oh, wow. and Oracle oh. of Seasons did oh. not get any votes at all. That's so sad. Yeah, the, the Capcom trio. Um, yes, and I like those three games a lot. I'm actually in the middle of a run of Oracle of and Seasons right now. That's why I was now. so mad to do this podcast, because you're trying to get me to limit to four, you jerk. I, I limited you that. to five, and you were also mad at that about that. Uh, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> we had very passionate off-screen anger session. Not really. I think you just sent me a frowny face emoji. But, uh, there you go. I guess it was a passionate <laughs> that, emoji. That's, that's pretty a pretty angry emoji. The new anger. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, um, the Capcom trio of games are are really good. Like uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons are sort of in the model of Link's Awakening in that you have, uh, you know, your um, action okay, dominated hot take, by two buttons. Okay, hot take. They're better than Link's Awakening. Okay, that's a scorching hot take, and you just burned the roof of my mouth with that. But um, th- they're good. Like mechanically, they're they have a lot of cool um, implementations of that uh, that two D sort of almost like tile based um, gameplay. Because sort of every single thing in the game has to fit in a little link size square <laughs> but it's uh, mm. I like them a lot but, but no one voted for them damn it I should have done it should have been me I'm not going to ask you Nathan for reasons we'll get to later but uh, Peter what are your <laughs> thoughts on the Capcom trio okay so full disclosure I have all three of them and haven't touched them oh bro <laughs> I, I know they're, they're on my short list I have Minish Cap on the Wii U virtual console and I have a uh, the 3DS versions of both Oracle games. I, I won't but, lie, I'm a bit of a brat. It's really hard to go back to, dare say, such you know old school graphics. I'd say it's it's there. It's on my list, but I feel like I'm going to need to be in a very specific mindset to. Yeah, you got to be in a good mood for that. Yeah, I. I mean, like I said a minute ago, I am in the middle of a replay of Oracle of Seasons now, and. I, it, it's way easier than I remember. Like the uh, the first dungeon in it is called the Gnarled Root Dungeon, and it is insultingly easy. Like it e- even made me a little bit mad. It's how it's the dumbest Zelda dungeon I've ever played. But the, <laughs> the world map in Seasons is really cool with uh, the changing seasons to solve puzzles. It gates away sections of the map with skills in a very Metroidvania esque cool way that uh, is definitely has modern design sensibilities baked in there. But and the, they're. All three of them are good. We'll talk about the Minish Cap later this month in a dedicated episode, which I'm excited to record, which means I'll also probably have to replay Minish Cap, which I'm less excited for. But, uh... Oof. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> wow. not, not a fan, huh? Ah. I, I, think, I think Minish Cap is good. I enjoyed it when I played it, but it's been, uh, like, 12 years or something, maybe longer, and I'm a, a little bit leery about having to go back to it, but we'll see I'll how that goes. me taking over this, this podcast, say I... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're doing okay. Mike is Mike Jimmy Kimmel right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm allowed to do the cricket sound effect effect at least tw- once every two months or so. 
I, I just hated that it's four dungeons. Yeah, it's only four dungeons. A couple, one of them is like sort of a double dungeon that you that has multiple layers, and there's a, a but, and it's sort of a small overworld too. But the fact that you explore sections of it essentially twice, both as an inch high and as a full size human, and that there's so many pieces of heart in there. I think are there like thirty pieces of heart or something crazy. They've condensed that world really nicely, actually. Yeah, it, it's pretty stuffed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dense with collectibles and items, and there's those uh, oh shoot uh, statues or trophies that you also find. There's a lot of thing. There's a lot of things in Minish Cap. The like it little. It does have a lot of Capcom's like really nice sprite work going down on it too. Oh yeah, late '90s, early 2000s Capcom sprites are just the best. But I think we've already talked enough about this trio of handheld games. Uh, nobody voted for them, so they're not in anyone's <laughs> top five. <laughs> I still got to say a good thing or two about it. All right. <laughs> yeah, and that's about all the time we have, because I don't want this to turn into the Final Fantasy Memoria episode that went three-plus hours. Oh, yikes. <laughs> wow. It was fun, but it was it was too long, so we're not going to do that. Uh, instead, we're going to talk about uh, two games that are not in the Final Four, but th- there were some votes involved here. Um, neither of the NES games, the original Le- Legend of Zelda or Zelda Two: Adventure of Link, are in the Final Four. Uh, nobody voted for Zelda Two, which we did say earlier. But Rob, <laughs> you did vote for the OG Legend of Zelda, and it was one of your five okay. votes. So, um, t- tell us briefly of uh, what you love about the first Legend of Zelda and why you voted for it. Well, I mean, it was the first Legend of Zelda, right? Oh, um, that's never a good enough reason for me. I bet you like so, Tetris a lot too. Hey, so I feel like I, <laughs> I will take no disrespect for, about Tetris in this podcast, which has which had its own dedicated episode. Two years, uh, three, yeah, two years ago. I forgot that we did that. <laughs> Tetris is the best Game Boy RPG ever made. <laughs> it's gonna get trilogy of films. Oh god! Oh my god! I forgot about that. Oh my god! I gotta look something up. All right, so well, well um, Rob, you did not vote for Tetris. You voted for Legend of Zelda One. So, uh... I, I mean, I have fond memories of playing it. Um, I maybe. Maybe one of the older folks on staff here. Um, so I actually remember playing you know, the cartridges, the gold cartridges, and all that stuff. Um, oh, yeah. And every time, I, every time I've gone back to it uh, in a year since, uh, I just I, I have fun playing it. You know, I, the mechanics are nice. it, right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, play, it plays well for, for its age. Um, it is an it is an NES game, right? But um, I just generally and and legitimately enjoy my time every time I pick that game back up. You know. I miss the days of having Link walk around a map with a giant ladder and a giant raft on his back. <laughs> my, dad those back. Be, my dad used to be really into that game. He even made his own map like back in the day, and he'd play with my brother. Nice. Oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> I also had the gold cartridge and uh, played the first Legend of Zelda, but I never beat it. Um, I finished either five or six dungeons, but I, uh, I was definitely fascinated by the game, but I was much more into the uh, Super Nintendo and Game Boy um, iterations of mm-hmm. Zelda that I was also playing around the same time, or maybe a little later. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like, uh, that's why I hold a, what is it, Link to the Past in high regard? That's, like, the one I started with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, like, if you have a fondness for that first game that you tried, especially in a series like that. For for everything, for all, all of the... the... The games I, I voted for, um, I definitely went for the the favorite, the favorites, right, and not not the the ones I thought were uh, the Your best, right, right. So right. my own personal favorites, and 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 all the ones I voted for, um, this one included, the original included, are, are the ones that kind of left a, a mark on me, right? Yeah, and it's it's important. I think it's an important game to you, and it's good to to represent it that way. 
I, I think the original Zelda is an interesting kind of proof of concept almost like, uh, and it, the design ethos behind it, like, like Miyamoto really wanted to be like, to capture this spirit of adventure that he was like, you know, yeah, in behind Breath of the Wild and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, that would come back decades later, and that, I think that's kind of awesome. I think the original Zelda is a really great starting point for that series. Mm-hmm. I, I think Miyamoto's mm-hmm. concepts with like Mario and Zelda were Mario were um, tr- an interesting way to get to the end of a stage in a linear way, and Zelda was his exploration of nonlinearity, where there isn't an obvious end goal, and you have to sort of find the end goals yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it's you know, it's a sophisticated idea for an NES game. And... Zelda series has always been that kind of pioneer of, like, what the adventure style is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Sometimes. <laughs> I, I, would say, I would say Zelda's probably defined by its, you know, non-linearity and... Uh, it was like, one of the like earliest a... to do that, to especially make it big. Then when uh, Ocarina of Time happened, you know, it kind of explored that in a 3D space. You know, now with Breath of the Wild, it's kind of changing how it looks at open world. And we'll talk about all these games very soon, but I, I think we've basically exhausted uh, Legend of Zelda 1. And, Leg- and Zelda 2, I mean, that was that was a departure. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I will say that I don't think Zelda 2 is a bad game at its own merits. The problem is that it's stacked up against... The rest yeah. of the series, and it is so vastly different. It's different, uh, and it's, it's challenging as hell. I think I only beat like two temples in that game, but I, in, my, in, my defense, in my defense, I was in the single digits age, age range. I think one of the big like Nintendo people had, uh, con- uh, confessed that he didn't beat it either. <laughs> like, yeah, just it's like, like yeah, I helped know. make the game, but I never finished it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a, a weird shift. Sort of like, um, what was it, Castlevania to Castlevania Two? Right? Yeah. Where, yeah. Just a huge shift, and it's just kind of jarring. But 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 yeah, I, I didn't think it was necessarily a bad a bad game. And Zelda Two doesn't even have the song "Bloody Tears" to redeem its faults. <laughs> <laughs> I guess without without Zelda Two, we wouldn't have had Shovel Knight. So I guess that's a plus. Oh, all right, sure. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I think that I think we're about done talking about the NES Zelda duo, but we're going to talk about a different duo right now. Um, Peter, you voted for Phantom Hourglass as one of your uh, favorite Zelda games. But, I, I did indeed. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, neither Phantom Hourglass nor Spirit Tracks is going to be discussed in our final four. So um, tell us what you love about Phantom Hourglass. I so both I, I and I the DS Zelda games, both of them. I just I thought that they were very interesting in how they applied the DS's unique features. Um, kind of like kind of like how Skyward Sword would later just be all motion controls. And they just they go in hard on making sure the mechanics are at the forefront. I liked the touchscreen controls. I liked how it implemented the puzzle mechanics into you know you yeah, use the. This was a fun concept for that, and definitely Nintendo loved using it and usually used it very well. Yeah, yeah. Like there's that one puzzle. Uh, do you remember this from Phantom Hourglass where you have to close the DS to stamp something from the yeah. top screen to the bottom? <laughs> that was that stuff is great. You literally figure that. that out when you're frustrated and you close the yeah. system. And you're like. <laughs> Oh my god, this is happening! And then there's uh, there's that one there's that one guy you have to you have to yell at him into the microphone to get something to trigger. So I, I remember like I would like I kind of like I was playing the game in the room and my dad was like doing something and I kind of looked at him, went into the bathroom, closed the door, yelled at my DS, it came out, and he's just getting this weird look. <laughs> and, you, and, you have to, and you have to blow in the, into the microphone to get windmills and uh, and the wind yeah. to blow. Yeah. And, uh, like the, and the stuff where you can sort of set waypoints to almost program how your ship is going to travel into certain uh-huh. areas is really cool. But it's a fun, it's a fun Peter, way to come part. Sorry. Peter, 
Temple the, of ocean, the Ocean the King. Temple of the Ocean King God is one damn. of the worst things to ever blight this uh, franchise. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was such a pain in the ass. Spirit Tracks' uh, locomotive. Like, it, they're both really solid Zelda games with two giant flaws. And that, yeah. that Alice and the train tracks were huge. Yeah, and that, that is probably, the train tracks are probably why I don't like Spirit Tracks as much, although I do enjoy it. Um, and they, they took some steps to improve because they also had a central uh, a central dungeon you return to. But I thought yeah. that the one in Spirit Tracks was a lot more difficult. Like, it was less repetitive, yeah. but those puzzles were hard. They made me sweat. They gave me, like, the sweaty uh, gaming fingers. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I got, I, I think, I, I actually, I think I rage quit Spirit Tracks in the middle of it on my first my first time through because of one of those puzzles in the Tower of Spirits. I just got fed up. Um, I'm, I'm just getting angry thinking about the Temple of the Ocean King again. Yeah. Yeah, no, and the Temple of the Ocean King, having to revisit that all the time and replay the same puzzles is why? Why? I will say that, like for like the problems with like obvious flaws for that, uh, the HD in the port games, so Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess, a lot of the quality of life adjustments they made porting those games have been some of the best in terms yeah. of ports. If so they, maybe if they if remade it... Phantom Hourglass and and like allowed you to skip floors of Temple yeah. of the Ocean King, or maybe added some other things for either for the Switch or for the uh, some future DS thing. I'd be in favor of it. I I rage quit that game because of the Temple of the Ocean King. I, I, yeah. I, I finished for the Triforce quest for Wind Waker. I think they would do that down the line wherever that and, is. And even like I mean, we'll talk about Wind Waker later. But even how the remake allowed you to have the wind always at your back with one setting yeah. of the of the, uh, of the Wind Waker, like a change like that, completely changes the navigation of that game. And if they're willing to do a change like that for a port of Wind Waker, there's there's a lot of you know flaws they could correct in some of these. Uh, in, in some of these older games, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't object yeah, to like trying Phantom Hourglass again. Because of uh, like we've kind of had a lot of like uh, bad ports and uh, remakes right now. You know, we're kind of sitting in a few kind of less than satisfactory ports and remakes right now. Is that so throwing shade at, at about... Secret of Mana? I was throwing shade at Devil May Cry's collection because Ooh, why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you upres the menus? <laughs> yeah, it's weird having the game in, in HD and the menus just look awful. Uh, I, I was about to be very upset with you for sliding Devil May Cry, but no, that's fair. No, it's the, the game. The game plays better than ever, but every time you pause it, it's like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nathan, have you played any of the DS? Uh, um, Legend of Zelda games? Uh, I missed out on them. I, I was going to pick them up a little while ago, but uh, I, I just couldn't get, get myself to pick them up for whatever reason. Uh -huh. I just heard too, too many things about them that were just that weren't sit right with me, so yeah. just, that's just mechanically they're, they're, they're old games now. And Rob, how about you? What have, um, have you played the DS Zelda games? I played Phantom Hourglass. Um, I remember, I remember liking it, but I had to actually, when as you guys were speaking, go back and look at what the Temple of the Ocean King was again, because that's the impression <laughs> it left on me, right? <laughs> right. Oh, man. I, I, I couldn't finish that game because of the stupid Temple of the Ocean King. But uh, I will say it is very satisfying at the end of the game when you get the, uh, the powerful, you get you your get power to, up. Do you get to murder sword. the actual Ocean King? No, uh, uh, yes, yes. What? No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, oh, damn it. You, but you get, to, you get to run through and murder all the phantoms in one hit, and that's really satisfying. Okay, and the boss fight, all right. And the boss fight at the bottom is pretty cool. But 
then the, the ocean king shows up during the ending, and he's just this giant whale. And I'm just like, you. It was you. <laughs> oh, is he, like, is he like the windfish's brother or something? Basically, actually. Huh, all right. Well, anyway, I think it's enough talking about the DSL games. None of them are in our final four. But, uh, Nathan, you've been a little quiet the past couple games we've talked about. Um, but there's one game that only you voted for that is not in our final four, and that is The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword for the Wii. Ooh, so, I was going to ask about this. What? All right, so, uh, Nathan, um, tell us what, what you um, think are the strengths of Skyward Sword and why you voted for it. All right, so Skyward Sword had... Uh... I think the motion controls aren't terrible. Yes, it was annoying that you had to like, constantly put the remote down because you had to sink or or whatever. But I think it had some of the better dungeons in, in the Zelda series. Like um, there's a lot of things that really stood out to me. Like one, the um, I can't remember the temple's name, but there's a lot of the, the time shifting stones where things were just yeah, really, the Lanayru mining facility and the pirate ship. Yeah, you'd be able to you'd be able to go back or uh, change time around you, so go back in the present or future. Yeah. Or sorry, past, and then you can control, and then change the dungeon as uh, as really you progressed. Cool. Yeah, those dungeons were great. Yeah, the ancient cistern, man. Yeah, yeah, That's that a great one. one. Even like as far as like water dungeons, which tend to get a pretty bad rap, justified. Uh, but yeah, I like the enchant cistern a lot. I was a bit more iffy on Skyward Sword. I've kind of come around to it a bit more lately. I do want to replay it again as well. Um, I think what it was is like like the motion controls do work really well, but I think it's like they work ninety five percent of the time, which sometimes yeah. still runs into issues where you, they kind of get gummied up. It's that five um, percent. That five percent. Really some of that hand holding is really annoying. Like if you're half low on battery, you're gonna have fine nagging you until you get some full batteries. Dowsing was not that much fun. Yeah, I, re- I remember people. A lot of people complaining about the hand holding in Skyward Sword. Is it is it only the very it beginning, is. or is it? Or no, is it, oh, no, okay. no. It's it's pretty constant. <laughs> it's a good game with some really questionable UI choices. I I really like Skyward Sword actually, but um, I my my problem with it is more the uh, the design of the world being so compartmentalized. And you do the high roll mile three times, like yeah. You basically basically you play through the game once. It's it's like it's like a bad version of Near Automata, where like you you play <laughs> you go to each part of the world <laughs> once, yeah. and then you do it again. And, and then you do it again, and you're solving the same puzzles and the same thing. And then the game's like, oh, BT Dub scavenger hunt time. And then you go do that, and it sucks. And yeah, they they really could have benefited from having more to do in the in the world. And even then, like it wasn't much of an overworld. It's kind of no. like let's drop you into this little area, and then yeah. this little area, and this little area. I yeah, feel bad the... for the loft wing. I really love the way that thing looked, and they just kind of call it the loft wing. Yeah, and the cloud <laughs> sea really isn't all that fun to explore. Like there's Nothing. some there's some stuff, but it's like it not enough. But um. Uh, what yeah, like, the, I always then, loved in Zelda games when you'd go someplace weird and there's just a house in the middle of nowhere and you go explore it and you can get a heart piece, you know? And there oh, was, yeah, the writer house out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I own a copy of Skyward Sword, but and I was intending to play it. I, I got a Wii late, and I was, like, playing Wii games all, all over four or five years after they came out. But I never even started the copy of Skyward Sword because, first of all, there's just too many games all the time. And also, oh, it, it, it had a really mixed reception, and I was a little concerned about its reputation, so I just I just never started it. But I'm I'm not gonna close the door on it forever. I might I might get around to it eventually. It, it does have some of the best dungeons in the series. It does. What it does well, it does really well. Like some of the some yeah. of the um it's almost like an obstacle course overworld. Whenever it does that good, it's a lot of fun. It's just a few yeah. small hang ups I have with it. 
Yeah, it's just some of those things are just a little bit too... They kind of compile on top of each other, so a lot of people just got way too annoyed with it, but I found it really... I just found a lot of fun. It does, it does a good job for uh, narrative, like Zelda narrative stuff, too. Oh, yeah. So. yeah, yeah oh, yeah, fight. that's one of the best things. That's one of the best Zeldas. You, you fight a Kumadorf at the end. <laughs> a Kumadorf. <laughs> 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 Alright, that's, I yeah. guess, uh, that's enough about Skyward Sword. Sorry, Nathan, you were the only person that voted for it, so it's not in the final four. But I don't we're gonna... know if they're gonna, like, port that one anytime soon, though. I don't, I don't think they're hard with the, uh, the motion controls, because the Switch play behaves a little bit differently with those motion yeah. controls. Yeah, they would, have to, they would have to retool it, but I feel like you could do it with the Joy-Cons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you could just take out the motion controls, but I would take out, like, a bigger part of the that's, game. That's like, that's, like, the whole game, though. I'm cutting you off now, because we can, we've already gone more than 30 minutes, and uh, we have a, a lot of games to get to, so no more Skyward Sword discussion. I heard that stuff. <laughs> but, uh, staying in Matt, the... Mike, Mike, there is a 72% chance that Steph is upset. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like we're playing like a Telltale game, and I just got the message, Steph will remember that. <laughs> just leering over. I am the only enlightened person among these five that voted for Link's Awakening in, uh, in their ah! top five. So, that, that is so surprising. I thought more people would do it before. I did no. too. So yeah, Link's Awakening, uh, the Game Boy Zelda, is a really excellent game. Has a real goofy, weird tone, and gets uh, real str- and gets strangely dark at the end as you like as uh, Link is you know completing dungeons and learning uh, new pieces of the Windfish song. Uh, he's slowly coming to the realization that uh, oh, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> whistle and uh, laugh at the same time. That's, All right. that's an advanced whistling technique. But uh, and he's as he's uh, you know my um, lips aren't moist enough. As he is, <laughs> uh, maybe you should use some chapstick. But um, yeah. as he's uh, as Link is completing dungeons and learning more about the world, he's slowly realizing that when he wakes up the windfish at the end of at the top of the mountain, the world will disappear and all of the people that he's met will cease to exist. So it takes a real weird, dark tone towards the end, but I think is a has a lot of cool puzzles and memorable dungeons and items in it. Like like there's an item that lets Link jump, which seemed like a mind blow. Rock's feather and rock's cape are the best things. In They're that awesome. Oh shoot, we should have mentioned the rock's cape when during the Oracle of Seasons discussion. Okay, I made that... sure we do it now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the rock's feather is great. Uh, the last two dungeons, Eagle Tower and Turtle Rock, are two of the I think more challenging two D Zelda dungeons yeah, ever made. Yeah, huge. Yeah, I couldn't. It took me over a year playing that game off and on to finish the Eagle's Tower. Okay, because first of all, because I was I think eight or nine, and also I was in because... the exact same situation as you, and I finished mm-hmm. it at like some fancy event, like some wedding I was really bored at. <laughs> oh man, I, I think I shoot. I was probably ten or eleven, and one of my friends that had already played all of them gave me the last hint I needed to um to clear. Eagles Tower, and that same friend a few years later in middle school, um, she bought Oracle of Ages, and I bought Oracle of Seasons, and then we swapped our games so we could finish out the connected story version. So that was, I have a, Aww, a lot of positive cool. memories about uh, about playing um, about playing those cool. back in the day. But anyway, Link's Awakening is really good. It's a uh, it has really clever pu- puzzles and dungeons and mechanics. For and a yet you Zelda. are the only one who voted for it. Yep, it's true. <laughs> so it's it's not in our final four. Makes me sad. Um, maybe not. It's as... a really cool game, though. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I feel like as far as handhelds, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really find the Game Boy that impressive, but it was definitely one of the must-play titles for that series for that. 
the, the, the quality of Game Boy games varies pretty wildly. Some of them do not hold up at all. But um, a, a, a handful, like, I mean, your Tetrises and Mario 2s yeah. and Link's Awakenings of the World oh, do, are and, pretty um, good. And you can get a Link's Awakening on the 3DS for, I think, only six or seven bucks if you're if you're And Quirk. Interested. You must yeah. play Quirk. I have no idea what Metroid Quirk is. I say Metroid 2 is all right. Yeah, that yeah. one's actually really good. I played a lot of that. Oh, Mario and Six Golden Coins. Yep, We're off Mario, top. Mario, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mario, yeah, 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 Mario Land too. I, which uh, is is really good. It, it, Mario Pokemon Land Two Gold weirdly Silver. looks better than like all of the NES Mario's. It's kind of strange. It did, um, yeah. I, I remember I replayed that <laughs> semi recently, like maybe in the 2010, 2011 range, and I it was so easy. I I was I was way easier than I thought. Like there's you can finish stages in it in like 20 seconds. Well, but, stuff uh, like Battletoads actually easy these days, or I don't know. No, I mean, that's I mean, still like, hard. Like like NES NES hard games are still hard, but Game Boy game, <laughs> bo- like regular Game Boy game games, Boy are way way easy. Anyway, Link's Awakening did not make our final four. I think we're about done talking about about it. But uh, Rob, you and I are the only two people that voted for this next game, and that makes me very sad indeed. Um, A Link to the Past is not going to be in the final four Zelda games. Ooh. Which is which is honestly surprising to me. I, I I thought I thought this was maybe not a lock. I, I wasn't really sure how the voting would shake out. So I was like, all right, I'll just I'll see how the votes go, and the top four or five will be will make it. But yeah, linked to the past, um, only two votes, and neither of them were a, a favorite vote to give it an extra boost. So Rob, um, well, let's I talk feel about the rage from the fans already. <laughs> hey, uh, every every 2D Zelda fan who listens to Retro Encounter just spontaneously combusted. <laughs> swearing well, us off and giving us a one-star rating. Well, guess what? We don't actually have listeners. Boom. Roasted. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Rob, um, you and I both voted for Link to the Past. I like that game a lot, and I, I'm assuming you do too. Uh, what do you think are sort of its its strengths and why uh, why it was worth a vote for you? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's it's it can kind of continue the discussion of what Peter was talking about with the first game. Um, what it tried, what the first game was doing, what it was trying to do. Uh, a link to the past, sort of, kind of mastered kind of it. I guess. Right. Just yeah, just kind of built mm-hmm. upon it so well. Um, it was kind of mind-boggling how well it built on that. Actually, um, the, the concept of switching between you know the, the light and the dark worlds and all that. I mean, it was just it was it was it was incredibly fun. Um, <laughs> It worked, it, was, it, it worked was, out really nicely, like visually, for such an old SNES game. Like it was really fleshed out, and like yeah, a very well functioning game. It's an it early felt... SNES game, isn't it? Like ninety one or ninety two. Yeah, and it even had three D in it. Very early. <laughs> uh, I remember replaying it. The only thing that really kind of sucked the, some of the joy out for me is the narrative is like almost non existent. <laughs> you know, you're just kind of wanted as soon as you go to Kakariko. You know, Zelda is your uh, like. It's just kind There's... of. Yeah, there aren't a lot of plot hooks or very memorable characters in it. Like even no. even Sasrala is sort of forgotten by the uh, in the second half of the game, even though you can telepathically talk to him in dungeons somehow. Uh, which I so the game feels kind of empty to me. So like I love it. I think it's a great game, but I just remember feeling a bit let down by that by that kind of weird part. Especially because now the Zelda games are so NPC focused in terms of mm-hmm. delivering like oh, yeah. really interesting looking mm-hmm. characters. That this one just kind of like felt flat and it did the um something that i think has been repeated in almost every game zelda game afterwards it's in two phases where you yeah have, you you do the you know the first set of dungeons and then there's a plot twist or a sort of the the, the story focus changes and then you do a second set of dungeons and um that shift in the middle 
uh, has you know is is has you kind varied... of feel like you grow up a little in between, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it has yeah. very varying levels. <laughs> it has varying levels of drama depending on the game, but um, yeah. it. it, it uh, I, I thought it was such a big mind blow to see the entire world transform um, when you experience that for the first time in A Link to the Past. And, uh, I mean, and also the dungeons themselves. I mean, there's freaking 12 of them, and they're all really good. That's... They are good. That is one. They didn't have much of an identity on their own, which, I mean, given the hardware, I get it. But, like, yeah, they actually had really fun puzzles and some really interesting quirks. Yeah, some of them are sort of... Uh, forgettable, like I mean, who I mean, who gives a damn about the Palace of Darkness Does... and the Eastern Palace? But uh, I, I think that, yeah, that some of them do have more of an identity than others. But in general, you, when you think of the really distinctive dungeons of later Zelda games, uh, the mm-hmm. the ones in the Link to the Past run together a little bit. Uh, R- Rob, do you have a favorite dungeon in that game? Not particularly, I don't uh, think. No, no. <laughs> for me, for me, it's definitely Thieves Town, which is uh, I Thieves think, Town is awesome. I th- yeah, I, 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 I mean the the. The dungeons in the second half are numbered, even though you can do them in almost any order, except you have to do the Palace of Darkness first. I think Thieves Town is dungeon number five, but the concept of of rescuing the maiden and then take and then like having the maiden turn into the boss was uh, I think frightened me a little bit when I was a child. Uh-huh. But but it's uh the the dungeons that are really good. It's the uh, I mean it introduced the hook shot, like the best Zelda item ever, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of other cool weapons. Uh, Oh man, I, Link's Awake, Link's Awakening is good too. Whoops, but uh, a Link to the Past is really excellent, and I think one of the more influential Zelda games as well. I mean, getting magic in that, right? But it's, it's, I think it's really kind of the first. It's the first one to really attempt to really make sense of a plot, right? Yeah, um, as bare bones as it actually is. Yeah, there's a plot <laughs> framework, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's more yeah, of like an outline, an adventure hook. <laughs> Basically, it's like a, it's like a campaign hook in D and D almost. Like this is the quest. Go do it. Yeah, go, hero. Zelda is your <laughs> sister. <laughs> but, ah. there, there's more plot hooks in the first part of the game when like Zelda and Sasrala are more involved. But in the second half, but it's they... just like yeah, everything funny. is. Just yeah, it's, like, it's it. like oh, everything's crazy. Here's seven dungeons. Ready, set, go. And it's like oh, there's no characters to tell me anything. Great. And now, now enemy bombs deal five hearts. Awesome. Thanks, Zelda. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Link to the Past, really good, but did not make our top four, unfortunately. I will, I, I will say that. Um, oh. I, I, I think we a, all do look fondly on it, at least. Yeah. This is just okay. a plug. A plug for uh, uh, there's a YouTube series called uh, Boss Keys. I love that, it. Yeah, it's great. Um, if you haven't been watching it, do it because um, he charts the progression of the the dungeon design in the series from game to game. He just wrapped up with Breath of the Wild, and um, his Link to the Past episode is really good. So, well, how did he feel those. about Breath of the Wild? Uh, uh, surprisingly, he actually was not too big on the the Divine Beast design. Uh, uh, wasn't right. I don't think all of us are. We'll we'll talk about Divine Beasts later. We'll, we'll get there. In a <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, get we, there we, later. Yeah, we, but, we, got, uh, we have a, we have a bunch of games to go through, and I don't again. I don't want this to go hours and hours. So let's move I on. Um, okay. <laughs> well, okay, Steph. Now it's your turn to pop off a little bit. One game that. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't directed like a specific Zelda topic to you yet, and now, and now's that time. Uh, one game that only, also only got two votes, one from Steph and one from Nathan, is Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask, and that is not entering our top four. So, uh, Steph, you were on a Majora's Mask episode of Retro Encounter, uh, maybe two, actually, I think two episodes. I want to say in 2016. Yeah, yeah, 2016. So, uh, I know that you uh, like this game a lot. What, uh, what do you think are sort of the best parts of Majora's Mask? 
I feel like what I'm going to say right now wraps it all up. I would play that game every single year if the time factor didn't always intimidate me. <laughs> so, like, as much as I really love it, I think it is almost a perfect game. I still always get really tense about kind of doing things within that time limit without having to erase things or just not being able to finish by the time I'm done a dungeon just would drive me nuts. But I love that game. I just think narrative-wise, it is probably the strongest Zelda game to actually do that. And it doesn't, like, spoon-feed a lot of details, and you have to go search for a lot of them yourself. It's just so weird and so cool, and it totally works. And there is no Zelda, and there is no Ganon. It is just a completely weird and new and cool threat. And it was it was basically the designers going sort of nuts with what they had in the uh, Ocarina of Time engine, right? Yeah, so like what it was was they had to design a game, I think, within a certain time span, and they kind of worked some of their own neuroticisms into it. I think it was within a year. Like, there was like yeah. a, yeah, it's hard to sequel out, like, now. And so they were under crazy amounts of pressure, and I think some of that pressure sort of seeped its way into some of the kind of antsy dialogue, I guess, in the game. And the, kind of- <laughs> the, the anxiety of the designers is communicated within the game. That's pretty amazing. All the emphases are like, we gotta, we gotta do these things before the moon destroys us all. Oh, there's nothing darker than doing, like, a final tour of town. Oh, oh yeah, yeah no kidding. Like it is depressing. Like you'll see people like hiding for their lives, scared out of their wits. Um, I, th- I think like uh, the the two farm ranch girls or whatever. Like you got uh, the older one feeding the younger one like the- their weird alcohol milk because it's gonna be the last time she can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's so depressing. I did a uh, I the my my time I played Majora's Mask on 3ds. I did the uh, the Anju and Cafe quest. Oh, you did it, and, yeah. And then I I stuck and then I waited out in the room for with them while I was waiting for the moon to drop. <laughs> and then uh, and then wow. pretty oh, much last. Cussing. Then last second I reset. I was like, "See ya, suckers!" But (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go. I gotta go do the other half of this quest now. (laughs) But it's sort of depressing, though. I mean, that that game sort of always sits at an eleventh hour, and you're always kind of you know dealing with people who are always sitting you know kind of on the edge of despair over one thing or another. Yeah, it's the first one that we create like NPCs that had lives and were able. You know, they had their own schedules and basically you can communicate with them, help them out with their problems. That's part of the reason I love that game so much. Yeah. Yeah. It actually kind of made time make a bit more sense. It wasn't these like three minute day and night cycles in Ocarina of Time. It actually, you know, mattered what you did and when you had to kind of keep a rough schedule in your mind about when people were going to be where. It was cool. Different. It made really cool side quests. I'm sad it didn't get more votes, but I get it. Yeah, Cafe and Angie's probably is one of the best Zelda quest cyclists ever. Oh my god. And I just love being able to play as a Goron or a Zora. Like, oh, that is just great. so cool. All the games should do that. I'm sick of, of the green man. And, and we were talking about uh, Zelda remakes <laughs> and improvements that they made. Uh, is, the, um, is there anything significantly, you know, improved in the 3DS remake of Majora's Mask? Because I, I yeah, do have... Um, yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, I, I've never played this game, but, I, ha- but I, have that, I have that uh, remake sitting in a game case right now, ready to go whenever. Yeah, here's, so here's probably, well, one of the bigger improvements is them changing one of the songs of the game, the song of Double Time. So basically you could... You could in the N64 version, you could fast-forward to day or night, depending on when you use the song. But in the 3DS version, you actually change to a specific hour. So if you need to do a certain quest, you can pick the hour close to where it's yeah. about to happen and then be, re- be ready for it. Whereas before, you had to kind of just wait it out. 
on they did put in version. a lot of features to make it easier for the intimidated players and i do think mm -hmm. that was like a big complaint is that you know for how you know sort of family friendly the games are majora's mask was a bit darker in tone a bit harder to kind of digest mm -hmm. gameplay wise um I, I definitely think it's one of the ones that a lot of people needed to take time with but i think it's better for it i definitely think it's better than ocarina it's it's um it's <laughs> what are the more what one of the more controversial changes uh to the 3ds version i know i had a friend who was very upset about this actually um was the uh the bosses all received pretty significant changes um except maybe i don't think goat was changed all that much uh, goat was, changed, was a too. bit of a good change he's kind of a bit easier now which is kind of good because you have to revisit uh, or sorry yeah the first boss is a bit easier but um it, it kind of makes it easier for future mm -hmm. visits you have but to like, kind of yeah clean water or whatever i don't know yeah People right you know what i mean <laughs> uh, but georg has like a whole second phase now oh, that, and, uh, that part's no fun oh that right. sucked and they actually made zora zora swimming a lot less fun yeah, yeah the swimming controls in the 3ds version can be we're not good yeah. I, um, I played this game for several hours on the uh on the GameCube version, that's how that's how I played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask for the first time since I never owned an N64. The but, visual facelift of the 3DS version cannot be understated. But, but there's a problem with the Majora's Mask uh, port on that GameCube disc. Then your saves your saves get corrupted quite often. So I, I never made it very far. It was uh, oh wow! Like I, I had about about four or five hours of progress um, erased, and so that just totally turned me off. But I did buy the 3DS version some I don't know a year or two ago. Uh, in anticipation of actually, you know, playing it for the first time to completion, but that just hasn't happened yet. Oh, it's one of my favorite games. Like, I, I honestly got so into it. You know those games that'll keep you up a little later at night just because you gotta get a little bit further? Yep. It's cheesy to talk about, but basically that's what Majora's Mask did for me, where I was just like, what is even happening? Why is it so dark and scary in here? Why is the happy mask salesman so frightening? But <laughs> it only got two votes, so it's not in our final form. It met with a terrible fate. <laughs> and now uh, we got one more game to talk about that is not in our final four. This, uh, this, and a link to the past were the two big surprises for me personally. But um, Ocarina of Time only got three votes. Oh, not enough what? to, not enough to make it. You know what? I'm proud of everybody for that, Ben. Just because. <laughs> yeah. No, no, just, hear me just... out. It, it's, it's done. It's been done. Everybody's talked about Ocarina of Time. We get it. It's good. It really is good. I do mean that non-sarcastically. Just and, you could talk about it anywhere, and it's already getting a lot of ink spilt on it. Um, one thing I think is interesting about Ocarina of Time, and I again, I never owned an N64. An N64. I didn't play this until I think, I think 2011, because I even remember what really? I was. Uh, yeah, really? when I re when I reviewed it in my blog, I remember it was a 2011 thing I was doing. So I, I played it about Aww. 13 years late on the GameCube, <laughs> and I I liked it a lot. And I, the one thing I noticed the, was the biggest difference between like pre Ocarina of Time and post Ocarina of Time Zelda games is something that Steph you brought up earlier, um, how Zelda is much more character driven and has these wacky races and uh, wacky races like wacky races. starring Snidely <laughs> starring Snidely Whiplash. Um, uh, the Gorons like... are basically like the dogs of Hyrule, right? Like they're just this really friendly race of. Yeah, but but, like, but, but um, but Gorons and Zoras and Gerudos and uh, Deku. Zoras are the cats, you know. They're kind of, yeah. you know, kind of a bit more, uh, like a little bit more sharp, but 
loyal. And and, and, and like the role that the seven sage characters play in the game, it, there's mm-hmm. way more persistent characters and way more character interactions in Ocarina and every game afterwards than there were in the first four Zelda games. And, every uh, woman in that every woman in that game really wanted to get on Link. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> he was he was a pop, he was a popular guy, man. He had I think, I think he might have more romance Even, like, options than like a Bioware character. Like that one uh, that one Gerudo chick is like, wow. If you were older, it's like, oh. And, and then and then it happens, and she's she remembers. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, devotion. Boy. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm the thirstiest of them all might be Rudo, I think. But uh... so the the only correct answer is the uh, Gerudo chick. What was, <laughs> I was, it? Say... was it? Was that Na... was that is that Naburu or a different Gerudo? I think it's Naburu. Because oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I'm re- I've been playing uh, Breath of the Wild recently, and I I didn't, and I it took me a long time, but like, oh, all four divine beasts are named after the sages in Ocarina of Time. It's like like Van Naboris is is Naburu, huh? That's crazy. Or, yeah. I, I, I actually think it's three of them are named after Ocarina of Time, and one of them is, is comes from a character from Wind Waker, I think. But uh, but yeah, Ocarina of Time, um, it does the Link to the Past thing, where there's three early dungeons, and then there's a sort of scene change, and then there's a, a set of later dungeons. And I, But I think that middle scene change, where you draw the Master Sword, and suddenly it's ten years later, and the world is entirely different, that is... I, one of the most memorable Zelda things, full stop, I think. Oh, it's an effect yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a moment. And, um, yeah. And then when you walk out of the temple, and then, like, there's re-deads all around town, you're just like, what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Rittenhouse! Yeah. And I think the dungeons... too long! <laughs> I think that uh, the later 3D Zelda dungeons are mostly better than Ocarina of Time, but Ocarina of Time has some good-ass dungeons. I mean... Mm-hmm. I love the water temple. <laughs> That's controversial statement. <laughs> yeah, there's my hot take. Step I love with it. the takes. <laughs> I was I was um I was kind of scared of the Shadow Temple. Like I mean like why this place is, is legitimately frightening? Yeah, why is a and and why is there so much dread surrounding a demon that loves to play the bongos? I mean why why is there like a town <laughs> on top of this like like ancient dark burial site? Like I, I hate Kakariko Village in this game because it's just kind of creepy. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's a weird shadow... graveyard, dude. They got the Skulltula house that I just want to burn down every time God, I go in it. The sound that Skulltulas make are both oh. sca- are, are both scary and and appetizing. It's like, okay, I know I'm gonna get a collectible <laughs> thing, but I but I mean, that's also just a, a giant chittering spider yeah. that's about the size of me. The, sh- the Shadow Temple is basically a giant continuation of the bottom of the well, which is the scariest oh. thing a Zelda game has done ever. Why I hate that? I, I like I didn't even know I was done in the under, in the thing under the temple. They don't really tell you yet. Like, okay, you're wrapped up here. You know, get you to the entrance of the dungeon. It's just like you find the thing God. that you need, and they don't tell you to leave. It's like, it's like, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's the, there's a sunny little beautiful town that has this dark underbelly full of demons that you have to explore. Mm-hmm. There's why I didn't vote Ocarina of Time. I hate that part. I hate chasing Dompe around with a hook shot, right, and well, I hate those stupid charging pig bulls. <laughs> Dante's just got it in every game. You know those uh, charging pig bulls in the Sacred Meadow? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I hate those things. Steph, <laughs> you and I were the two that did not vote for Ocarina of Time. And my, my huh. reasoning mostly was, I think that just the 3D Zeldas that came after it are all better. It, it's yeah. Like, like, like the, the combat's better, the dungeon design is better, the, like, a, a lot of, all of them are really, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, I don't know how that, people say Twilight Princess's overworld is so bad when literally there's, like, nothing to do in Hyrule, in Ocarina, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just full of hot takes today, so. I think Ocarina of Time, uh, like, um, riding a horse around Hyrule, Hyrule Field is cool. For the time, yeah, and, and for, for the, the time, moment, it's, awesome, it's, it's awesome. But, but all it's of a the, stepping stone. 
Yeah, well, like, I, I played I, I played hooky one day in grade school, and I was actually playing Ocarina of Time all day. That was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> there was pizza pockets. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't I don't have a story quite like that, but I remember I was really really awful uh, um, sick with some terrible illness when Final Fantasy. Uh, 10 came out and I borrowed my friend's PS2 and just played FF10 like 8 hours a day for a week and it ruled. Oh I love that. Sick gaming. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you just like have an excuse to sit on your ass and just basically play the entire day away. Yeah, a lot of blitzball <laughs> played so, that week when I was uh, when I was a oh, freshman in high ball. school. Maybe so. <laughs> we're not, not going to have this discussion again because obviously blitzball is one of the best mini games of all time. But We've anyway, talked about this? I was oh. ready like fired up to go all over again. <laughs> we talked about we talked about this when Retro Encounters started. <laughs> yeah, this was this was summer of 2015. I got to talk about my love of blitz my rediscovery of my love of blitzball because the first time I played it I got frustrated by it, but when I replayed it 3 years ago I decided that I loved it. It's, it, was, it was a Yeah, Mike, like you brought me around on that mini game and I was right? like I hate you. I hate you for this, <laughs> but I <laughs> Oh yeah, listeners, I apologize. We just spent 45 minutes talking about Blitzball, and Peter th- <laughs> Peter threatened murder-suicide if we didn't stop. But true, he has a gun. Mm-hmm. I'm taking you all with me. <laughs> Which is interesting, because you're in Michigan, and none of the other four of us are. But, well, uh, I'll find a way. <laughs> back, back to Ocarina of Time. Definitely groundbreaking. Definitely a huge phenomenon when it landed. Ooh, Three what's of us... everyone's favorite Ocarina song? Ooh, ooh, okay, no, that, that's good. Um, Alright, starting with you, Rob, what's your favorite Ocarina song? I, I might have to go with uh, the the, uh, the Four Steppel song. The one to unlock <sighs> Four Steppel, yeah. Right on. Okay, uh, Peter, your turn. Song of Storms, because I love the context you get it in. Like that. What, what's the context that you'd say? Because that part scares the bejesus out of me every time. Oh, I just, I just like how I just like how you have to play it, leave okay. the guy in the rain, and then come back as an adult, and he's like super mad about what Yuggling did. Why is he did. so mad? That that favorite <laughs> gave me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Zelda 2, the Ganon game over thing. That arc, 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 I like. I, I, again, I played the Ocarina of Time really late, so when I heard the Song of Swords the first time, I'm like, oh, that's the windmill song in. Uh, oh, it's catchy as hell. It's, it's the windmill song in Oracle of Seasons. Huh? I guess that's where it came from. Uh, but but my, my favorite song is probably the Song of the Sun, just because I like when I, you first learn it. I'm like, oh, wait a second, this is just the song that plays when when dawn yeah, breaks yeah, every time. Yeah. That was clever. That's actually really clever the, the way they work some of those in. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Nathan. What's your favorite Ocarina of Time song? Uh, probably either Song of Storms or Saria song. Yeah, yeah, and Steph, nice. your turn. You're not allowed to skip. Uh, I like a lot of them. I like Bolero Fire because it's kind of fun. I like the 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 Serenade of Water just because it sounds really pretty. Uh, I don't care much for the Shadow Temple one. Yeah, I guess that one's kind of dorky. Nah. And the light one who cares. Um, oh, I even like Saria's song. I mean, who does not like the Lost Woods theme? And it's nice yeah. that you actually get to talk with her before, like her and a whole bunch of other favorite NPCs go missing in the second half of the game. For unknown reasons. I mean, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was personally a little bit weirder and and more foreboding when a similar thing happens in a link between worlds. But we'll we'll talk about that in a few uh, like, minutes. Are you kind of alluding to like the fact that maybe the sages are dead or whatever? Like the fan theory about that? Um. Okay, I haven't heard that fan theory, but that's 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 dark. Like, like oh, are, are, is is becoming a sage in a Zelda game? basically sacrificing yourself that's the fan theory uh and i guess that would carry over between ocarina wind wind waker and link between worlds right yeah oh i hope not no i think you see them in the ending credits okay yeah yeah, they they come back at the end of link between worlds because all right i'm gonna play the game it shouldn't take me long we'll do an (laughs) added at the end of the episode and i'll chip in on whatever we just 
This is like the Majora's <laughs> Mask is Purgatory theory. Like, <laughs> I like that. Or the whole I like it's it's, it's, it makes sense. I like guys, it too, but Squall is dead, guys. <laughs> that one doesn't make sense. I don't and get I... that one either. Yeah, I I, my, I get that it's ludicrous that Squall survived, but I mean that's just my, the way okay, these things my, are. My favorite ter- my, my favorite terrifying death theory is uh, this is gonna get weird. Is in the Inspector Gadget cartoon. Some <laughs> some people theorize that uh, the original Inspector Gadget is actually Doctor Claw, and the Inspector Gadget Ooh. that is that battles him is the one that is was built by Penny to try and to try and stop her 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 favorite uncle from being evil. That's actually really cool. I, I'm, I'm into that. I, I think that's yeah. canon, even though it's definitely not. But, but hey, not. that's just right. a game theory. <laughs> oh, God. I, I love how the internet really allowed, like, I mean, there's terrible conspiracy theories, but at least some fun conspiracy theories also were able to rise thanks to the internet. Yo, yeah. I am psyched that the latest Kirby has, like, some of the lore bits coming back. Oh, God. There is Kirby Going lore. deep into Kirby lore. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and if you'd like to hear more video game urban legends, you can find me on Twitter, at what is nuance. <laughs> at what is... <laughs> Look, 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 the deepest Kirby lore is DDD stole everyone's all, everyone's food. Which oh, is, I like calling know, him Dedede. We gotta do a video game pronunciation. Or we're just getting mad at each other for this. A video game pronunciation episode. All right, we're gonna listen to our three-part Titus versus Titus spectacular episode. Oh, you think we weren't friends after Essential Ten, Mike? We're gonna fight over that. Okay, no, I need to know, gang. What is it, Titus or Titus? It's Titus. Thank you. Say it again. I agree. Let's, 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 do the Jap- let's do the look up the Japanese one and find out exactly what it is. It's Tita. It's Titus. But I like Titus for localization reasons. Guys, uh, <laughs> let's just move on. This, this isn't, isn't worth it. We don't need to get mad about this. It's, it's Titus Andromeda. But definitely, man, uh, Saria song when I was mumbling through the Forest Temple uh, song oh. there. But oh, that's, another one that's, that's another one that's, is it, I, I think uh, Nathan said Saria. Is it Saria, Saria? Oh, Saria or Saria? Yeah, I don't know. Sa- Saria. How do you solve a problem like Saria? Is it, <laughs> is it Link or Lonk? <sighs> Guys, it's obviously Rinku. Oh my god. Legend of Zoldo. Zoldo. What the hell is a Sonic? <laughs> Alright. Guys, we've been going almost an hour now, so we really have to move on if we're going to finish at in, in a reasonable time and, and not divide this into two parts. Of it. It has been fun, but I mean, I have to, you know, keep the ship rolling a little. I mean, I, I feel a little responsible. All right. Are we going to get into top four then? We're getting to the top four in, uh, I guess, chronological order. They are The Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda, The Wind Waker, The Legend of Zelda, Twilight mm-hmm. Princess, Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, and ah. Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. All of them, Ooh, all of those, they either, got, they either got four votes from the five of us or three votes with at least one of those being a favorite vote. Which uh, that was true of two of them. So, um, but the, that was the clear top four when the voting had when I looked at all of the votes in front of me, and uh, so those are the four we will be voting for between a little bit later. But uh, let's see where to begin. Where to begin? Um, let's start with the most recent bias of all. Uh, Rob, you told us in the voting that Breath of the Wild was your favorite. I have been playing Breath of the Wild the past two months. I'm not done with it, but it was so amazing. I voted for it too. Uh, tell us what you think are, is maybe one of the great strengths of Breath of the Wild and why you have it as your favorite here on the voting screen. Well, I mean, I think the core of it is, is pretty obvious and, and the ultimate kind of shift in, in, in the series, right? It's still exploration, but now it's open world, and there's just 
so much to explore and so much to find and so much really cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, the the world like and um you know I I I reviewed the game for you know, for RPG fan here. Um and I may have been a little bit higher on the the story than than most folks may be, but I really found that finding just the random folks just out in the wilderness um and hearing their stories and kind of I liked helping uh, them too. Like I like kind yeah, of taking just, an active part in it. It just added to me to me it just added so much depth to the world even though the the world is is it's large but kind of sparsely populated, right? Um but just the characters and the personalities, um, they just added so much to the world, uh, in my opinion, and, and added to the backstory and to the story itself. So um, beyond just the shift in gameplay mechanics, um, just the sense of exploration was phenomenal. I, I did not want to put the game down. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like the story a lot in Breath of the Wild as well. And again, I haven't finished it. I've done three of the Divine Beasts and I have the Master Sword, but I haven't you know, close the door on it yet. But I, I really like how uh, a lot of Zelda games explore the idea of a post-apocalypse. Like we talked about the 10 year, the 10 years later in Ocarina of Time. Back, the more technologically advanced it was. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like now the old Sheikah civilization where, you know, a bunch of like castle in the sky, like, uh, gears, and la- gears and like lasers and robots. your tablet. <laughs> but but it, yeah, in, in Breath of the Wild, um, like when you meet, uh, when you encounter memories from a hundred years ago and meet the ghosts of the right. characters from a hundred years ago, they they mm-hmm. feel like really fully realized characters. And like the four ch- um, Zelda and the four champions, I think are among the most memorable and cool characters from Breath of the Wild. And even though right. you're really only finding memories of them and the in in I mean, and technically the their legacies and not meeting them directly, it's really cool. And even mm-hmm. things like you know. Um, uh, the the big Goron champion seeing his uh, seeing his grandson, I liked him. He was so and and cute. and the and the grandson sort of being inspired by seeing the like his legendary great grandfather that he's always heard about is just there's a lot of really sweet moments here and uh, you know in like continuing the tradition of Zora's being hella thirsty for Link. There's a uh, there's one of those in this game too. Now the internet is hella thirsty for the Zora. <laughs> they are yeah, oh man, them. Prince Prince Sidon. Okay, look, Prince Sidon, he's cut. Look at that. Oh, he's shoulders. dreaming. Yeah, he's that, just a dreamboat. That is a very sexy fish, man. Yeah. And this is this is the year where the sexy fish man movie won best picture. Yeah, geez, like, like between 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 Breath of the Wild and uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman and the and the Shape of Water, it was an excellent year for sexy aquatic men. It's a very moist year for, for right? fish men. Right? Oh my god. Okay, hang on. I I think we can both play silver. Ah, okay. this isn't random encounter. We can't give it like a fun title like that. <laughs> 2017, 2017 year of moisture out of moisture. Side on, right on. Side, side on, right on. Oh god, I played Breath of the Wild for the first time too. Actually, I literally just got a Switch last week. Um, nice. It's, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so, and, how many I dreams think- have you had about Prince Sidon? Uh, I actually haven't met him yet. Um, oh. I, because I have spent a ton of time, like, just do, like, I, I just, this game is hitting the adventurous notes of my, like, my gaming style, where I'm just like, yeah. I, I see something, I want to check it out. I like to, I comb, in most games, I tend to comb over areas looking for every, like, collectible I can find. So Breath of the Wild is going to take me a while, because I'm just like, Oh, what's that over there? Oh, something. Like, there's nothing cooler than just happening upon something. Uh-huh. It's the Koroks. Like, you can do the puzzle here. Oh, the Koroks. Yeah. The, Korok, the Korok seeds are going to be the death of me. I'm, I'm not. Okay, okay. I, I have about, uh, again, I'm, I'm, 
I, I'm probably ready for the end game stuff, but I found about 70, temple, uh, 70 shrines, but I think only like 20 Koroks. I'm nowhere <laughs> near going to get all the Koroks. Like, <laughs> F that forever. But I, I might try and get all the shrines. If you see a stump, then just play around with it. If you see a rock, if you see a stump, then I don't know, mess mm-hmm. around and see if you can figure something out. But, but there uh, are so many Korok seeds. Aren't there like 500 of them or something stupid? 700. Gah! Is there really? <laughs> what? No, I thought it. I thought it hit like the full nine hundred. Get the f out of here. Yeah, there's nine hundred of them, but you I'm only looking, need four hundred forty-one to fill your inventory. Yeah. Oh, sweet Lady Mercy. Nine, okay, you so can four, get all nine hundred, and you get a prize for it, and it's all. What's just, the best prize? Isn't the prize like? Know? Isn't the prize like a shirt or something? No. no. Oh, does, it's does, even better. Spoiler alert: does, you get like a golden poo. It's literally a golden turd, and I love it. Uh, that's like some te- that's like some Takeshi's challenge stuff. Or like uh, we're beat, we're beat, we're beat. Takeshi calls you a loser for beating his game. If this, like, was, if this was a PS4 game, there would be a there would be a, a a trophy, a bronze trophy for getting that golden poo, and it would be it would drive people completely it's, batty. It's, it's like that how was beating, the point, yeah. It's like it's like how it's like how beating Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts One is a bronze now. Like, really? Oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the super all the super bosses are bronzes in oh, Kingdom Hearts funny. One. Right, so, so that golden yeah. turd is a perfect metaphor for Kingdom Hearts. Uh, oh, but anyway, yeah. oh. but anyway, but anyway, um, uh, Nathan, you voted for Breath of the Wild as well. Is there? Um, Rob went over the uh, um how the nonlinearity and the and like the promise of seeing something and being able to visit there is a is a big hook we talked about the characters we talked about the collectibles is, is there something about breath of the wild that stands out to you uh really strongly so breath of the wild to me was it's crazy how much a series can depart from its previous entry I think that was the from the big things because it's kind of like how uh, sky sword was kind of this linear kind of smaller world and then breath of the wild is like now it's gonna toss all that out and just gonna give this a huge open world to explore it and really for, answered the, the like the qualms of like all the people who said the games were becoming a bit stale. Like they just completely, you yeah, know, just completely flipped the, flip the table. Yeah, I think and the they've only, kind of made it a new standard. I almost feel. I think the only yeah. Zelda game that really delivers on the uh, okay, well, okay, Breath of the Wild is only the is the only one that really delivers on true nonlinearity. I think. But it, yeah. uh, it it fulfills the pro- the nonlinearity yeah. promise of the original Le- Legend of Zelda better than any mm-hmm. other game in the series. It's like, uh, and all right, I'm going to say something that I may regret. I may regret saying later. Uh, shout out to Rob Steinman who recently retired or uh, semi-retired mm-hmm. from RPG fan. I yeah. think this is the Dark Souls of Zelda games. Ooh. It kind of is. Like, despite all my qualms with the game, mm-hmm. I would gladly play another version of it in a heartbeat. Like, there's no question that I would play anything like Skyward Sword again. I definitely would. Even though I have a lot of issues with Skyward Sword, and I think we've kind of been hinting at that. I would, I'm really curious to see where they take Zelda next after Yeah, yeah Jesus, how do, you, how do you follow this? I mean, but, um, what the well, heck? We, we want to think about Ocarina of Time, and they still nice to follow up with Majora's Mask. So. Well, they need to bring, they need to bring back yeah. Dodge Roll. They need to bring back Dodge so, Rolling. I miss Rolling. The hopping sidestep is not as fun as a roll, but I, I do love um, uh, just timing your dodge to, for, for follow-up strikes. That, that that's is great. cool. And yeah, if, I like that but, but it, and you you do that a little bit in uh, in Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, but but yeah, not, but uh, yeah, I do miss rolling. They really bit. give you the enemies to really test out your sword in uh, in Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. You get a few dark nuts here and there, but not yeah. enough. I gotta I gotta I actually, yeah. I gotta tell you the story because this happened to me last night. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I killed my first guardian. Um, I it was um I was poking around Kakariko Village and my first spider walker showed up 
and oh. shooting laser beams at me. And I'm like, no, I think I know oh. where that one is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no, I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's on. So, and I, I had, um, I actually had a guardian weapon from the previous shrine, uh, the mm. combat one. So I equipped it. I jumped onto its head, and I, I got a few good hits in enough that it fell onto its side. And I just went to town with a sledgehammer. Hitting, cutting off its legs. It took me. I, I, it took me two minutes, like two straight minutes of me standing behind it where it couldn't hit me. Stressful two minutes too. Like <laughs> going. Ah, ah, ah. That's one thing about Breath of the Wild. It is a stressful game. And then, and then yeah, the, the and most it, and the most stressful part of all is that your weapons and, don't last. Yeah. And then it blew, and then it blew up, and then another one showed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dang it! Oh, I love seeing like people's uh, tr- like stunts for that game. They're so cool. Yeah, uh, uh, Kamiya on Twitter, he does a lot of that. Uh, I um, I, I, we mentioned how their uh, uh, breakable weapons are maybe one of the more frustrating parts of the game. I read this article from a, I, I think it was from that. a Kotaku editor who uh, you know, had been playing Breath of the Wild like crazy, had collected a, a bunch of really good weapons and arrows, and. His um, five-year-old son got into his oh, save yeah, file and, and and used up all of his ancient weapons and all of his ancient arrows, <laughs> which which, sound, which sounded like just the worst. But anyway, we've been talking about Breath of the Wild a lot. It's a really excellent game. Um, <laughs> one last thing about Breath of the Wild. I forget which of us said it, uh, but they were talking about, like, how are you supposed to follow Breath of the Wild? And then we went back. How are we supposed to follow Ocarina of Time? And we got Majora's Mask, so... Do we like the idea of instead of Nintendo going bigger, Nintendo going weirder would be uh, an ideal follow-up? Oh yeah, yeah, that'd work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, okay, that was that was a surprisingly I easy I consensus. Great debate. I don't need a I don't need a giant open world map. Like like if they want to do another open world game, that'd be cool. But I feel like in terms of sheer scale, I don't want them to top it so much as I want them to compound what they've done okay. and yeah the entire lessons, yeah. the entire game yeah. is just kakariko village and exploring the bottom of the well and the shadow temple and all the urban oh, legends God. of kakariko village and, and, and it's actually a castlevania game <laughs> all right yeah Simon Belmont's Please. like what's going on here <laughs> link you didn't know this but you're actually the heir to a great legacy here, take this whip. The, he says the, nothing. Link, <laughs> Belmont. Link, 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 Link Belmont, wielder of the master whip. Yep. Oh man. Oh, oh, sword, like sword, the, in, sword in one hand. Sword in one hand. Whip in the other hand. Do it. Do it, Nintendo. The people have spoken. But anyway, that's a lot of Breath of the Wild talk. We gotta mo- get a move on, or else this podcast will be three hours. Um, I'm so hungry. <laughs> You're the one that wanted this to be three hours, and now you're just going to be hungry, though. I'm getting more and more winded. (laughs) Well, another one of our final four is the only 2D entry in our final four Zelda games for discussion. That is A Link Between Worlds for the 3DS. I love this game a lot. It is my favorite Zelda game. When we voted, I threw it on there as my favorite. Is there anything cooler than knowing the layout of the game because you played it like twenty years ago, and then you just kind of like, all right, I know where the church is. But then you know, but then instead of noticing the similarities, you also notice the differences. Like they they switch the locations of Turtle Rock and the Ice Palace, and uh, they get rid Mm -hmm. of the Swamp Dungeon and instead add a dungeon on the uh, uh, shoot on in the center of Lake Hylia in the in the Light World, and um, Ravio. The bomb flower dude raps to you. Yeah. And Ravio is like is like my favorite Zelda NPC maybe ever. I love that dude, especially with the, especially with yeah. the uh, the um the end uh, the end game twist involving him. 
but that is actually probably the most satisfied I've ever been with the Zelda mm-hmm. game ending. When I see the when I see like Ravio I think and the only and, time and, I've ever felt like really God. that was good. That was a great way to end it. Ravio and, and Hilda dangling are great. Ah, uh, yeah, they're wonderful characters. Yeah. <laughs> and the dungeons themselves, oh, uh, uh, it's they're a little different from traditional two D Zelda dungeons because I mean we, we we might talk about this in other episodes this month, but most of the time it's you go into a dungeon, you got to find the special dungeon item, you got to solve puzzles with that item, find the key, and then fight the boss. But in this in this because you have all of the special dungeon items available at the very beginning of the game. That, um, it throws that those steps out of whack. Whack. It's just full of puzzles de- dedicated to that item, and the dungeons can, are sometimes a little bit more linear, sometimes a little bit more, a, a little bit more pathed than uh, than like earlier Zelda dungeons of the '90s and 2000s. You but, get the freedom of choice, but it kind of does kind of affect uh, the dungeon work, which yeah, the dungeon... a good trade-off for this time, I think. You know, a lot of the Zelda games try to do something different. If that's what this one wanted to do, I think it kind of works. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think I think the puzzles are good, but the loop feels different, and I'm not sure if yeah. it's better or worse. But I, I like it better. I just kind of like that idea that. of that because it's kind of like a low uh, kind of Zelda light experience when it's on handheld. So I think it's kind of nice that you get to kind of just play at your own whim. Yeah, I love the freedom that the item rental system uh, provides to you, and I love buying and upgrading your items like because because once you uh oh, the upgrades are so fun once you get the powerful upgrades like the uh, like the all of fire the fire ma- staff is just completely <laughs> all of the ma- all of the magic rods just can annihilate everything in a room when you use them especially the fire and ice ones and uh <laughs> and and the and the the sand rod is an interesting choice for a new for a new weapon basically sort of replacing what the cane of samaria used to do but uh, yeah the, the items are really cool the dungeons i i love them the second half of the game is Maybe even I thought better. the dungeons were actually really tight. Like they play really nicely within mm-hmm. a lot of the themes that they're doing for each game. Yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, tightly designed. I think that's, that's a good way to a good way to put it. One thing I like is like Nintendo really loves taking advantage of each of its systems gimmick, right? And I do like uh, you know how the three D the three D ness is kind of trapped between the two D ness of the top down view and the two D ness of like being a painting, you know. So I thought uh, Nintendo had a lot of fun kind of playing with two D and three D realms, it, literally yeah. and gameplay wise. It's also one of the only three uh, DS games where using the three D actually enhances the experience, like because um, yeah. you can turn it on to help check depth perception. Yeah, and some of the things were like when you go outside the dungeon in the uh, the the wind tower, which is uh, one of the you know the wind dungeon that's in the first half of the game. When you have the three D on, like the tower pops out of the map better, and you, there's even a feeling of sort of standing on the edge of a cliff sometimes. I like that they actually contextualize the dark the dark world a bit better. Like they actually kind of give yeah. it a bit more plot. You know, like you actually see all these citizens are kind of scared and they're wearing monster masks this time to kind of just join in the fear. It's just, it's sort of dark, but it's a lot of fun way to kind of recontextualize a lot of the stuff that happened in the first game. It, yeah, and the, the Light World's Princess Zelda and the Dark World's Princess Hilda have low these, like, 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 are, are low both... Low rule. Yeah, high rule and low rule, right? I, I know. I, I don't I don't love that either. But but, but each, each of them having their own sort of struggles that are shaping what's happening to each of their worlds, I was, I was really impressed by all of that. Uh, it was Nathan, clever. Nathan, have you played A Link Between Worlds? I did. I, I didn't play, like, a ton of it, but I played, like, a good, like, I don't know, say five or so hours. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, but yeah, I'd love to be able to basically do dungeons in any way you wanted. That's really helped open it up. I think that was the first time where it's, it's been a big departure for the series, so being able to do that. 
Well, I mean, you, you could do that in uh, in a link to the past as well. You had to do the first four in order, but then you, the next the next six you could do in any order. But this is this right. is a this is a be, a, be, uh, a better delivery on the idea of, of whatever or, dungeon whatever order you want. Yeah. I feel like you can kind of see a shift in like Nintendo's uh, design philosophies going from the Wii to some of the yeah, the 3DS and the Switch now. The games yeah, just like... kind of feel a bit different. But that's part of the thing about like Scarlet Sword. Scarlet Sword was, was felt like Nintendo felt like so full of mistakes that this one was like just throw it all out and just make something new. Yeah, so I, do, I think it kind of caught on to, to yeah to people wanting something a little bit different from their games. And yeah, and it's I mean we alluded to this before, but also just reusing the map almost wholesale from A Link to the Past and seeing the different like and if you are like me and I guess also Rob since you voted for A Link to the Past like seeing the. Uh, Noticing the differences as well as the similarities, it, it makes Link to, a Link Between Worlds even more rewarding if you uh, play in like a Link to the Past. <laughs> yeah, I, I always also... thought the one weird thing was like the Zora Queen in that. I did like seeing like Zora Zora as like people now instead of just angry fish monsters. Yeah, well, you know, I think like, that, that, that's definitely them. that's definitely more informed by the Zelda's games that happened in between Link to the Past and Link Between Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I love the way Link looks as a painting too. That kind of mm. like <laughs> he looks kind of confused half the time. Yeah, he is. It's, it's like a, an Egyptian hieroglyph with a very confused face. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I thought that was a really solid title, and I love the way it wraps up at the end. Mm. It, I, yeah, it, the ending is is beautiful. The uh, the characters are surprisingly likable. It, it does the uh, Ocarina of Time thing where the I, you start to see. You know, uh, it, well, I'm gonna slow down a little bit. In A Link to the Past, sort of all of the all of the maidens that you rescue are already captured before the game begins, except for Zelda herself. But in Link Between Worlds, you sort of meet them all one by one, and then you notice them they've and then you notice them disappearing one by one. The game paces <laughs> itself out really nicely, actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with that with that in mind. Yeah, because they kind of give you like the ground tutorial and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a really cool game, and it even has a hard mode. And, it does, a dun- the hard- and a super monster dungeon. The hard mode is actually fairly challenging. You deal less damage and take more damage, and there's more monsters in uh, areas that you know didn't have as many before. <laughs> but it's uh, so it's not just a, a damage change. But uh, and I I started the hard mode game and got to the second half, but I had never finished it. I think I'd have to. Oh, I'd I have like to go playing back and baseball check. too. They had a pretty sweet baseball mini game in it. <laughs> Oh, and um, uh, through your through friend passes, um, uh, spot passes, and street passes, you can um, meet other people's links and then fight them in arenas. Oh, I just squealed every time I played that. It was mm-hmm. it was awful. I couldn't play it anymore in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just really bad. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I, I can't I can't I can't play video games in public because I curse at my at the handheld too much. But anyway, um, speaking of curses, I guess there's a princess mm-hmm. with a curse, and you got to mm-hmm. help her. In the Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess for GameCube and Wii. <laughs> uh, Sorry, this one's special. Yeah, um, <laughs> Twilight Princess had three votes, but uh, but two of our voters listed it as their favorite. And Peter, oh, you were Peter? yeah. Was it you? <laughs> of course it was. Yeah. So Peter, I, I know that Twilight Princess is your favorite. Um, tell us what you think are some of the best parts of it. So, I mean, and in full disclosure, I am biased because Twilight Princess was my introduction to the series, so I I just kind of credit it with getting me on this whole crazy Zelda ride. But um, <laughs> I I think it's the Ocarina of Time formula, but perfected. Like yes! I think they took they took the logical the logical conclusion to that type of game that they were making. Yeah, this is the best version of it. Um, I love the darker at the kind of darker atmosphere 
like it's still got a sense of humor about itself but it's also i I just like the art style in general i think works really well um i I love it's actually you i quote every time i say it's probably the most fleshed out version of hyrule that we've really seen that actually makes it feel like a populated place yeah 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 they've got they do a really good just sense of world building and like telling their story and giving the the twilight realm and its denizens like they, they get backstories and Midna and Zant are two of the best characters in this franchise. Like, I just, I love Twilight Princess. I even like the, uh, I mean, uh, Hunting for Tears of Light is kind of annoying, I guess. But I love the atmosphere of hey, those It's sections. one of the uh, quality of life features they put in the HD one. They actually yeah. have a few of those, you know. Yes, so you can, so you can, uh, you can find less, uh, you can hunt insects less and enjoy the uh, kind of weird, creepy, foreboding atmosphere of those Twilight sections instead. I love the coloring in it too. Like I think some of the some of the lighting effects. It is part of like the shitload of Bloom era in gaming, but I mean, yeah, I do feel like it has a really nice atmosphere. That's it's, like the best those systems could pull without. Yeah, it looked really amazing. Good. It looked amazing for the time, and yeah. uh, it had it had like a very like uh, washed out palette, but the the lighting effects are really really nice and strong, which really works for a game that kind of touts its light and dark visual very literally. Yeah, so that, that was just awesome. I love the and I love how once you finally unlock your wolf form, um, mm-hmm. and then you can start using it in dungeons, like yeah. switching between the two. It's this is so cool. Yeah, you get I, I like pretty early on too. You get to explore a lot of uh, Hyrule pretty openly. It's nice yeah. and pretty big. I know some people say that's a bad thing, but I, I get it. I don't. Um, I, I've heard people complain about the Twilight Princess map. I don't think it's that bad. It, it's sort of a loop. Like, yeah. like it's, it's sort of just like it uh, circles it's the castle. For your horse, yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's perfect to just play. You can ride a circuit around it, basically, and it feels There's less empty everywhere around it. Yeah, you can it, kind of go in between <laughs> it as well too. It definitely feels less empty than the world map in Wind Waker or Ocarina of Time. But uh, it's 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 pretty dense, and there's a lot to do. A lot of mini games. It's a uh, it's it's tech it's textured, even though it's um it doesn't feel it, it doesn't feel vast like impressively vast or uh like maybe not quite as dense as the variety of things you can do in Majora's Mask. But it, I I think it's a I think Twilight Princess is a good world map. Um, Most the... importantly, though, I think it ha- I think personally it has the best set of dungeons. Like for each for each set of oh, dungeons, yeah. like all eight, I think the eight featured in that game are the strongest overall. The individual dungeons are super super good. I love the uh, the the Sasquatch Manor House. I don't know what it's called. I don't That's remember so what it's called. Yeah. Snow, Snow, Peak, Snow Peak Ruins. Yeah, Snow Peak Ruins are unlike any other Zelda dungeon, and uh. there's like I love just the characterization of the uh, you know the, 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 the yeah the happy Yeti trying to. Um, trying to cure his wife's cold and you have to find ingredients for the soup and the wife ends up being possessed by a giant ice monster it's like what's going on that's that bit's great i love the arbiter's arbiter's grounds is a good one yeah that one's fun is arbiter's grounds the desert one yeah yeah okay i okay this is i don't know if this is controversial or not um maybe i think i may maybe even mention this in other episodes i think the arbiter's grounds dungeon is awesome i hate that there is like no use at all for the spinner outside of the Arbiter's Grounds. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's um, fair. It's fair. I feel like a lot of Zelda games are like that, though. I think Some are better about it than others. Ones. Well, like I think, I, I think in I think in uh in you get the hookshot last almost in Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. When I go back to Link to the Past or Link's Awakening, like in Link's Awakening, all of the items unlock more parts of the map, except for the very last item you get. The mat, uh, in, mm-hmm. but for the first six or seven dungeons, all of those items are important in the world map. And in in Ocarina, I'm sorry, in Breath of the Wild, 
I think there's less of that. Like the dungeons are crafted amazing, but the interactive and the uh, your um, your arsenal of items is pretty cool. Like getting a double hook shot with those claw shots is kind of awesome. But, Love that. Yeah, but but, uh, <laughs> What's but better than a long shot. We'll just give two of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And I and that's actually that that's funny because the, the I think in that case the reverse is true. I love the um, I love the double claw shots, and I love um, the boss fight in that dungeon. But I'm not really a big fan of the city and the sky in general. Um, no. I, think, I think it's, I think the layout is really confusing. And oh my god, the music is and the music. Yeah, ah, ah. you're giving me flashbacks. It's, it's so weird to say those cuckoos have weird. I thought you said this levels. was your favorite one. It is my favorite one, but I have very specific qualms with it. Right. Um. I played through it like five times. I'm allowed to have. <laughs> I, I, I like Twilight Princess a lot. I, again, I've only played. Um, I've only really finished. I guess. I guess mm-hmm. we count the original Legend of Zelda. I've played eleven Zelda games. I think this one ranks maybe sort of in the middle-ish for me. It's not my favorite, but it does a, lo- a couple things really, really well. Zant is an interesting character oh, that that feels more like yeah. a thre- that feels yeah. more like a present threat and less like a loom- and less like someone in the background like Ganon often is. And um, mm-hmm. the, the, it's very well characterized. The dungeons are awesome. Fun. Yeah. Uh, they they fun did kicks. a really good job animating her too, like to make her actually look very animated and appealing for a game that's really silent. Mm-hmm. So the fact way that she's so better expensive. than than Fi or uh, or Navi. Just about sure. anybody, really. I like Fi too. I think her design and idea is phenomenal. It's just she just talks too much about she things that you Right, women never shut up. Am I right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's just joke about misogyny a lot. I'm sorry. Ouch, Mike. <laughs> and I'm hungry. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I mean, it's Steph needs to eat dinner. So, should we move on to the fourth game in our final four? Or sure, just... two. Sure. All right. Windowaker. That's the the oldest of these four. We we only picked games from the past seventeen years. Uh, the, the Legend of Zelda: <laughs> The Wind that. Waker for GameCube, which also had a Wii U uh, a Wii U remake that was very well that was uh, well received. Um, guys, right away, I love the cell shading. I love the cartoony look, but he looks like the elf that wants to be a dentist in the Rankin Bass Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer reindeer cartoon. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Even on. down to the snooty face, Come I guess. Eh? Down to the <laughs> hair, the way, the way the hair peeks out of his cap. I mean, it's uncanny. Why am I such a dip? Yeah. No, 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 it's, it's, it's dimwit. It's dimwit, but I like your version better. Um, uh, no, no, it's, it's, I think it's dimwit or misfit, depending on the verse. Whatever. I've seen oh. those rank and bass specials way too much. But, uh, this is true. Um, the Wind Waker, um, there's a lot of water, a lot of rafting, but the game is beautiful. It plays remarkably smoothly. No, or only swimming. You cannot go under, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for all the water, you cannot actually, like, go underwater in that one. Yeah, there's no Zora mask or no flippers. You really, really can't, uh, stay in water long. That, uh, you've really got to be in that boat. But I I think this seems like a problem. I mean, if you're going to get a hero, you should get one that can swim for longer than 15 I, seconds. It's just brutal, but... <laughs> it could be worse. It could be GTA, where every water is poison. That's true. Or you just, you just, you just touch water and die. What's this happened to But the thing that really impressed me about Wind Waker, and again, I didn't play any 3D Zeldas until 2011-2012 range, um, is that it felt like the first Zelda game that really had scale. 
Like there's scale in yeah. it, there's scale That's in Ocarina point. of Time when you're you know going up the middle of the tree in the forest dungeon and the fire dungeon's real big, but. With the Wind Waker. That, yeah, I guess that's really what sets it apart, is that, yeah, it's the one game that really feels like a big Zelda experience. Everything feels fast. All, all of the dungeons feel enormous in that game. It, when you're, like, um, gliding down from different do. from floor to floor, it, it, it there's a, a feeling of scale in it that I think is only matched by in, in that generation of consoles by, I don't know, maybe your God of War 2s or your Shadows of the Colossi, but it's... Uh, like it, the scale of Wind Waker is amazing. There aren't very many dungeons. I think there's only maybe five or six. I, I don't remember. I have to check a list. It does suck that you go back to the first one, the for, the Forsaken Fortress. Oh yeah, that, that wasn't fortress even thing. that good the first time. Yeah, the weird pirate, the weird purple pirate base. Yeah, that was a really bad start in my opinion. I do love the game though. But also, this is the first. Um, I think it's the first game that has Ritos and Koroks in it, right? Yeah, I think it introduced to them. I nearly, like, like my, my young Zelda-following mind was blown when I was like, oh my god, those are Kukiri and Zora. Yeah. Wow. And I, I like I the Goras are just kind they're... of situated randomly, because I guess they're rock yeah. people, so they're kind of struggling. Yeah, I, I don't really understand how the how that evolution happens. I think they might have retconned it for uh, Breath of the Wild, because now, now um, all of the races of Wind Waker and... Uh, and Ocarina of Time are um, are separate, or at least seem think, that way. I think Breath of the Wild may have started a new timeline, but it's still because beforehand it was well, good because it's a, it's a good ass timeline if it's coming from but, Breath of the Wild. But beforehand, it was like a split off from the ending of Ocarina of Time, or like but... I think the less we talk about Zelda timelines and detail, I have, I have, I have the book. Wait, let me I, go get I, it. I, I, I know Can't that I know that it's. Timeline. I, I know that they do follow rules, but those rules are bonkers. And if they I are. wanted a, a bonkers time travel story, I would just watch Common Rider Deno. Hey yo! Well, that, that, that's a great way to shut down the conversation. Yep. Like, thanks for that. Yeah, just get me talking about tokusatsu shows. The way to instantly end any conversation, like you get the foghorn. For real though, Wind Waker kind of is like almost a weird prototype of Breath of the Wild. Like, yeah, in terms of. The scale, the kind of apocalyptic setting. Um, yeah, one thing I like is that I think it's the one that really started to go all in on the weird NPC thing. Oh, oh yeah. God. My, my favorite of all is the uh, the shopkeeper that goes, Sploosh! <laughs> I, I, I randomly say that every couple months just out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I, I like doing the uh, the telescope guy that... <laughs> And, oh my it's god! Like a we, nine I, second clip. Of we him re- just... we really can't talk about weird NPCs without getting into. Isn't this the first game with Tingle? Technically, oh. no. No, no, no. Majora's Mask. Oh, oh, he was but... in Majora's Mask. Okay, I didn't play that long enough. But this is this is where he he lives on in infamy because you find him in a cell yeah. filled with skulls. <laughs> and he, but, that, but yeah, they, re- they really double down on the on character wackiness in Wind Waker in a way that I mean Zelda always had wackiness in its characters scattered around. But I think they they really went you know yeah up the, it's they in really spades, went full hole sure. on this one yeah. But I, I I like the cartoony look though it definitely helped it age well. But I like I even like the kind of beefy like pirate dudes with like little spiral hairs on their chest or even mm-hmm. like yeah seeing like little spiral of winds kind of off in the distance like it really sells the aesthetic incredibly well. It's so pretty. Yes, even the like boss designs are a lot of fun because of this kind of cartoony aspect like the Korok the the Bird King the oh, I forgot his name. Uh, but yeah, no, I just thought all the enemy designs were just fantastic looking because it really embraced that aesthetic. How expressive all the how expressive all the faces are. Like yeah, that's one thing you can't get out of a realistic Zelda. You can't get those crazy facial expressions. 
I mean, yeah. they they do it pretty well in um in Breath of the Wild, but that I mean again, this game is fifteen years after after Wind Waker, so the, you know, the technology's improved a little bit. What you don't like Twilight Princess when it cut back to, cuts back to Link's like face going? Ah! <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but I, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know when he'd come back to Lincoln. He went, eh, but... Yeah, yeah, the, I mean, the characters in Twilight Princess, they seem almost more like wooden dolls to me, while in Wind Waker, they're just more expressive and cartoony in a way that I thought that, yeah, uh, that, that I thought was fun. Um, and uh, I like how Gorons are kind of trying to lay low or something. They're kind of hiding their faces. <laughs> they're at such a disadvantage, man. They're rock people. <laughs> I just eat... see, like, a Weekend and Bernie's thing happening where they're just kind of walking along the bottom. <laughs> That's why Anyways. that's why Sidon has such beefy shoulders because they used to be Gorons. He's got Goron DNA. Some of the cut content is really is is really a bit of a put down though. Like like that the fact that they kind of cheat you out of a third dungeon. Oh, a third dungeon for the second half along the alongside yeah. the Earth and Earth and Wind ones. And the first half, you're supposed to get the three pearls. So you got your oh. tutorial dungeon that tells you about that. Then you got the pearl at the the forest haven, the pearl on the dragon roost island, and the mm-hmm. third one is at a destroyed island. Oh, and and they cut the destroyed island. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. So a lot of people are saying, like, oh, that was cut content. A lot of people were hoping that it would be worked into, like, the HD. It was not. Because usually a lot of their dungeon ideas just go into future games. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, there was not really enough room or time or assets to really make a whole new dungeon. But, yeah, that's uh, always one of the big ones that stands out. Yeah, we, like we, 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 like, we like Wind Waker out. a lot. Uh, but, I, I mean, what, what do we feel about navigating the ocean and the uh the end well, it got these... better in the hd one it got better there but um did it was pretty cumbersome at times changing the wind direct changing the wind direction and navigating around uh in the older version of the game i haven't played the, For the most part though like it was pretty easy though like it didn't take very long and i think it stayed that way until you departed right like it wouldn't just randomly change wind directions on you would it I don't no, think pretty, so. not not really. Maybe if, if you, you went along. If you the wind, distance. it stayed put. It started off in a random direction at first, but I mean, it would stay put if you control the wind. I think some areas of the game will automatically have the wind change. Like like when you get to a certain area, the wind always has to come from an easter side at first to, just to mess you up. But um, I, I, yeah, once you once you can change directions, I think it stays pretty consistent. And I also have to ask. I, I'm assuming all of us have played it since uh, m- most of us voted for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't had a chance to play the HD remake though. It was good. What do we think about the the uh, Triforce hunt in the second half of the game? You know what? Even in the HD remake, where they made it a lot better, it still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like I like the idea of it, but I really don't like hunting for those damn pieces. The fact <laughs> that like the Triforce is such a big deal, it really takes pardon the pun, but it really takes the wind out of your sails. Like <laughs> boom. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh man! It's like wow, I got the Triforce. I, finally, damn it! <laughs> it was such a downer. I, I and it's so weird. A lot of us put this on the list because it does afford you a lot of freedom, and there's a lot of great ideas, and you have a lot of fun with the look of it and the style and yeah. the music. It's just there's a lot again that just kind of takes the jelly out of your donut. Yeah, it's really good. Man. And, 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 going I, I, with all these. <laughs> Yeah, Steph is full of uh, similes and metaphors today, but um, right. and, it, and I think it's a little remarkable that this did make the list because four people voted for it, but no one picked it as their favorite. So maybe it's it's a game that we all like and we all admire for various reasons, but it doesn't resonate as strongly as uh, our other favorite Zelda games. This like Breath is, of the Wild, I mean, a lot of us don't like the 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 Guardian dungeons, and that's a pretty mm. big 
part of it. And even yeah, some I, of the shrines aren't really that impressive. But I, like you still rank it really highly because there's still a lot in its concept that's really good. I love the dungeons in Wind Waker. I wish there was more of them is the problem. Because, like, I mean, coming from, uh, you know, Ocarina of Time and, uh, and A Link to the Past, which have, I think, what, 10 and 12 dungeons respectively, <laughs> going down to f- four and a half or five for Wind Waker is is a real bummer and i think they i think they even nintendo even said like yeah we cut a bunch of dungeons from wind waker where that tri- triforce quest was was gonna be and um but they re- they retrofitted them into um twilight princess and skyward sword yeah um mm-hmm. i guess skyward sword you know had like a decade of dungeon design manifest uh when that finally came out and, and yeah. i haven't i haven't played skyward sword that's why the dungeons in skyward sword are so good <laughs> It's because they've been working on it for a decade. Well, all right. We talked a lot about these final four. Do we have any um, final thoughts on Wind Waker before we move into the next phase of the podcast? No. All right. I like, sta- I like stabbing Ganondorf in the face. Which That's one, one of that? the best ones. That is the most brutal kill in the entire Zelda series. Is time for, to, for like, the kitty aesthetic, for what it is, like, yeah, you did not expect Ganon to yeah, go out that way. Yeah, and Ganon is, is so much bigger than Link in this one. Like, when you're, like, rolling around and dodging his strikes, it's, oh, it's, he's almost, huge. it's almost like Shadow of the Colossus yeah. battle. Jeez. That was a really cool set piece, too. The whole, like, water funneling in and everything. Like, that just mm. looked really cool. It's it's a yeah. good Ganon fight. And there's a lot of good Ganon fights throughout the whole series. Yeah. Uh, but I think Steph is hungry and needs to eat, so we should move this <laughs> podcast along. Um, Thank you. Okay, uh, listeners, we are going to take a break for a few minutes, and I'm going to collect votes from all uh, from my other four panelists. And when we return from the break, we will have an official favorite Zelda game now a word of from Retro Encounter. Sponsors. And now, <laughs> I, I wish we had sponsors to provide Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, sponsors. I, I think I'm just gonna like throw some random Zelda Mad music cats. in there. <laughs> Mad cats. Power gloves. This episode this of Retro is... Encounter brought to you by Squarespace. Yes. Power gloves. <laughs> does this mean? Does this mean they have to pay us now? I don't know. took a break for about five or six hours um i think steph drove to nathan's house to fight him for her dinner i don't really know how canada works <laughs> it's uh they, they do things differently they over stole there. his maple syrup oh no get my syrup back. <laughs> man the, the syrup-based economy really confuses me i've only been to canada twice but both times it was man it was syrupy I mean, I guess it makes more sense than whatever Zelda's economy is, because right. rupees, Is it really... based on rupees or moblin <laughs> the tales? The entire Hyrulean deficit is in jars, I mean. I'm amazed that every single merchant in the game can spend thousands of rupees to buy your amber off of you. Well, Mike, you sound really robo there for a second. Oh, I did? Oh, maybe my, maybe my internet's starting to die, which means I really should get to the end of this soon. Um, we, the votes are in. They're, uh, all the point, all the point numbers, bleh, excuse me, all of the votes, uh, Ended up with different values, so there's no ties. So I'm going to go from uh, fourth to first. Retro Encounters official favorite Legend of Zelda game coming in fourth place with no, with uh, no first place votes is Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. We all like it, but we don't like it enough to you know m- say it's our favorite. We all agreed, eh? 
Uh, no, no, we didn't all agree, but um, it, it was the second favorite of a couple people, but it, no, nobody picked it first. Nice, okay. And uh, coming in second place with uh, a, a one first place vote, you'll never guess who it's from, <laughs> is uh, Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. Uh, again, we like it, but not enough for it to, you know, to crack the top. Coming in second place with uh, two first place votes is The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm, I, I know, it's, it's, it's a good one, but you know, didn't quite crack the top. And number one, coming in first with also two first place votes, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is your retro encounter. Yeah, encounter? Where did that come from? <laughs> Legend of Zelda game. The Legend of Zelda encounter. But anyway, Breath of the Wild won the poll. It is officially our favorite Zelda game here at Retro Encounter. Thank you so much for going through this exercise. Send your, send your hateful emails to... <laughs> to retro at rpgfan.com for our blatant, awful recency bias. Uh, yeah, um, Re- Breath of the Wild got two first-place votes, two second-place votes, and one third-place vote. So it's uh, all three, all four of us like it quite a lot, even if it's not everybody's favorite. It is the compromised favorite of the podcast. Uh, so... I guess that about wraps up this uh, this episode. Thank you so much, uh, for other panelists, for joining me today. I know it was a little grueling. This is run, running a little bit longer than most of our episodes here at Retro Encounter. Um, next week, we're continuing Zelda Month with a special Link's Awakening episode. And then later this month, I don't know exactly which order yet, we're going to have one episode exploring, exploring Zelda tradition and another episode all about The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap, which won a public vote a month ago or so. Um, and coming up in May, we haven't planned out all of May yet for Retro Encounter, but we are going to have two episodes about that Super Nintendo classic, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Um, that's a that's a, an episode that... Uh, an episode, excuse me. An RPG that many people at RPG Fan like, so I know it's going to be fun to record. Um, Do you have a lot of people for that one? Uh, we, it's only only a couple. Uh, so if you, want, if you want to sign up, Steph, I think there's still room. Intent. TRB. <laughs> Go do that now. Okay. So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to record. I am going to play that thing on my shiny, recently bought Super Nintendo Classic. So that's going to be a blast. And I don't know exactly what else is happening in May, but two episodes will be about Mario RPG. If you want to email us, I think I mentioned it a few minutes ago, but you should do so at using retro at rpgfan.com. Um, you can also visit the rpgfan.com message boards, visit rpgfan on Facebook, or on Twitter at rpgfan.com. If you want to give us direct podcast feedback, not via email, please review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening, wherever you're getting this podcast from. We love feedback, whether it's email or a comment from there. We read everything that is directed to us. And, and I love to feed. Yep, Steph is our social media <laughs> mistress, and she... She absorbs I a lot of feedback. Your feedback, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So we can just send you feedback instead of you eating dinner. Is that is that okay? We can just have this podcast go another hour or two, so you're not eating. I I suck in human anxiety and eat it. Yeah. Right. As I say, I don't think Steph can subsist on our feedback, even okay. if she <laughs> she can't she can't subsist on it, but it might help. So please send us feedback so Steph can survive. Thank you. Um. And there's also a lot of other great RPG fan content. We have another podcast, Random Encounter, which is uh, was hosted by Rob Steinman for many years, and going forward shall be hosted by Derek Heemsbergen, who is nice. uh, who is talented and charismatic and is going to be a terrific host, I'm positive. And uh, we also have um, Twitch streams going on basically every night. 
uh, a few dedicated streamers and some guest streamers. Uh, Steph, you've done some streaming for the um, for RPG Fan before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I remember for a while you had a Tales of Stephonia thing going on, but now uh, yeah, no. you can you, you can uh, check out Scott and Kyle and all of our great streamers on uh, on RPG Fans page on Twitch. But uh, now I'm going to get for... Scott to take to take the reins on that one. I hope he will one day. My equipment what? died, so I just couldn't do it anymore. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that's why you stopped. But all right. Well, and anyway, um, if you want to reach us individually, uh, let's talk about how to do that. Starting with you, Nathan. How should least listeners reach out to you? All right. So you can email me my RPG Fund email, nathanl at rpgfund.com, or you can contact me on Twitter. I am at smashking27. All well, right. Talking to you on there too. <laughs> Rob, your turn. <laughs> Uh, my forum handle is uh, Beardy McBeardface. <laughs> um, <laughs> RPG fan email is uh, Rob R at RPG fan. Um, I, don't, I don't. I don't really have a Twitter account. I'm just. I'm more of a lurker on Twitter. When someone tells me they don't have a Twitter account, I think my reaction is more admiration than horror. Definitely, <laughs> it's like it's like Twitter's not good for me. I'm on it way too much. And maybe, I, I yeah, I am slightly uh, jealous of people that could not be on it. I'm, I'm still, still on your website. Uh, <laughs> I'm still on it. I'm lurking. I'm oh, just. Okay. I don't. <laughs> so. That's I'll make sure if I best. find anything cool, send you. I'll send you a message because Rob, I think you and I have a lot of uh, a lot of <laughs> interests at heart. <laughs> All right, uh, Peter. Um, what are your individual social media outlets? All right, so I'm I have Fury on the boards that we don't use. Um, so find me. <laughs> I have Fury on Twitter, um, and I don't really use Discord, so that's a no go. But uh, Peter. Yeah, RPGfan.com is also good. Oh, shoot. I think I forgot to mention the RPG Fan Discord. Well, we also have one of those. You can find it on the front page or just search RPG Fan on Discord. It shouldn't be that hard to deal with. Um, uh, so, figure it out. You can find figure it out. out. I'm, I'm, I'm smashing on there. I'll be on there pretty often. Okay, you see, it's nonlinear exploration. I'm not going to give you a detailed tutorial. You just got to jump in and figure it out yourself. It's for the Clever. best. Uh, so, Steph, how can listeners reach out to you? Uh, you can find me, I'm usually responding to you on social media, so say what up to me there. You can also find me at Dice SMS, uh, so, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, just about anywhere. And your Dice on the forums that we don't use. Yeah. (laughs) And that's for me, I am Monsoon on the forums we don't use. I'm Monsoon Mike on Discord, at the real Monsoon on Twitter, and I also have a second Twitter account for weird shit called at Evoker for Dogs. Um... But hey, Mike, that... if you were a Zelda boss, what would your weakness be? What would my weakness be? Oh, um, I have Rob... glasses, so it would be my eyes. So arrows for Steph? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, Nathan, your turn. What would, you, what would your weakness be as a Zelda boss? I'd probably be able to say my eyes. Glasses, <laughs> you know? My eyes right. are already terrible, by the way. Rob, I'm, your, ter- your turn. What, what's, your, what's your weakness if you were a Zelda my boss, stomach. Rob? Well, I'll say this. You, uh, you lay down a good bottle of scotch for me. Ah. And I'll be I was hoping your answer would be they have to set fire to my beard with a magic rod. Uh, that's just cruel and unusual. <laughs> there we go, yeah. Uh, and my, and my I would weakness... feel bad for the enemies. <laughs> I don't know. My weakness is that I uh, is probably I, I don't know. I got I got really horrible food poisoning a couple weeks a couple weeks ago. So I think my weakness would probably be feeding me bombs to Dongo style. I, I, just, I, yep, I feel like that's a good good yeah, Just ruining my week. And uh, Peter, what's your boss weakness? Um, well, I mean, obviously swarthy blonde men in green tunics. All right. <laughs> that works, I guess. My weakness is uh, wall masters. 
Oh god. Oh, those things. Oh man. God. Can we get a Zelda thing through without mentioning that real quick? God, if, oh, if, if there was a giant Wallmaster boss fight, I might crap my pants and just tell, like, tell shut you off what, the game. Mike. I'll be. I'm going to be the one guy who's weak to the spinner. Oh wow! Ooh. The spinner coming back. <laughs> As In a lover, there. yeah, I, that was my DLC of choice for uh, for Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, by the way, that boss fight was awesome with with the uh, Stalwart. So yeah, that boss we're squeezing yeah. this in while we can, you know, like oh wait wait wait, just some other cool Zelda shit. So, so wait, what was our nickname for Breath of the Wild? Was it like Shape of Water 2 or Land Ocean or something? Or like... I've been calling it Winded Breath, and I like right. it a lot. All right, so in, for Winded Breath 2, the spinner, the spinner comes back. <laughs> and somehow it'll be useful in the overworld this time. Well, this has been a weird ending. I don't know how we got here. But listeners, thank you. Good night. We had Good fun. Luck. We have Good luck. No, that's Mario. Ha! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Sploo! <laughs>